0: Hi, this is Steve. When we launched our Patreon campaign, we couldn't wait to find out what kind of movies our patrons would pick. Naturally, we assumed our cinephile audience would suggest classic films from the great directors. And certainly filmmakers like Hitchcock, Kubrick, Coppola, Kurosawa, and Scorsese are well represented on our Patreon page. But the number one pick from our patrons isn't exactly a much revered classic or heavy drama or foreign film. It's a 1986 American kung fu satire starring Kurt Russell, Dennis Dunn, and the great James Hong as Mr. David Lo Pan. That's right, Big Trouble in Little China is coming to the cinephiles and I couldn't be more excited about it. The truth is, Big Trouble was probably number one in the VHS rotation when I was in college, and there was a time I could practically quote the whole movie from beginning to end. And to make it even more exciting, we're joined by improv performer Catherine Cobbs, who just might love this movie even more than I do. As always, you can purchase Big Trouble in Little China on our website, cinephiles.net, along with every other movie we've ever reviewed. So, that's our number one Patreon pick, Big Trouble in Little China, with special guest Catherine Cobbs, this Friday on The Cinephiles.
1: What does that mean? Huh? China is here? I don't even know what the hell that means. All I know is this Lopan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley while his buddies are flying around on wires, cutting everybody to shreds, and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth.
0: And welcome once again to the Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, we explore its themes, the history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I am a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca. I'm a voiceover artist, host, writer, producer, on camera guy, blah blah blah. And occasionally, did I say voiceover already? You did. Occasionally, voiceover. Uh, I just booked a, the Final Fantasy thing. If you haven't, so cool. If you haven't seen, I have a Final Fantasy one minute uh Decidia NT Fantasy Finals thing out you can see on my Instagram or on that uh on that webpage uh, which has been really great so there you go that's yeah, my that life is, that is really cool yeah, yeah. Uh, and we we're very happy to have a guest today. Yeah, um, when Steve pitched this movie, uh, I immediately thought of this person because I had gotten to know this person when I was working at Universal Studios and she spoke about this movie with every other conversation we had. And so when Steve mentioned the time, I was like, oh, well, I wonder if she'd want to come on. I know she's very funny. And so I asked her and she graciously said yes. So she's here. Uh, Catherine Cobbs, uh, she's a noted improv person. She Her group is the... Pumps? Pumps. The pumps, yeah, sorry. The like pumps? Like the shoes.
1: Like, like the shoes.
2: Like lady shoes. <laughs> like, right, like lady shoes. Like, Strong, like powerful lady pump. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: you've, can. You've, like, anyone can wear pumps. You, you've done stuff at Improv Olympic. You've
2: mm-hmm. done stuff at... Uh, Second City. Second City, yeah.
1: Um, Chicago. We've done some... Uh, my group's done uh, festivals all over the... The world, well, not the world, but well, all over the country, all over the country, yeah. right? And you and you've yeah. worked
2: in uh, you've worked uh, in a number of uh, as a performer in a number of places. So yeah. I just thought it'd be perfect to bring her on because she's very funny because she's an improv person. It comes with stuff on the fly, and I thought this is the kind of movie that we needed no someone. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a lot. That's a lot to put on a person. Well, Let's just
1: build it up that I'm hilarious, <laughs>
2: funniest person. And, and you've got a music video out now. What's, yeah,
1: what's... so um, pumps featuring uh, Katie McGee is a really talented uh, singer songwriter, but We started writing parody songs, um, just girl, the girlfriends, and there we just released a new music video called 29, which is a parody to Taylor Swift's 22.
0: Oh, nice, yes,
1: about yeah, because 22 is like you know, you're 22 and you're living your life, but 29 is like the end is near. Oh, stuff gets real, yeah, Yeah, you're just like, oh man, everything hurts, (laughs)
0: Uh, uh huh. And where yeah. can people find this if they want to look this uh, stuff up?
1: If you look up Pump's Comedy on YouTube, okay. you will find us. And we
0: will definitely put a, a link on our Facebook page cool. when, we, when we put this out so thanks you can take a look. And the movie, for me. The, well, we're very happy to have you <laughs> to talk about this movie, which is a very special movie to me. And apparently a very special movie to a lot of the Cinephiles fans, yeah. particularly on our Patreon page. This is... One of the two top movies requested on Patreon.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: yes. And
0: we were curious what exactly made these patrons pick this particular film. So we thought we'd ask them. This is Matthew Hasso. I came to this movie because I saw the poster for it in the newspaper when I was 12 years old, and my father was nice enough to take the entire family to go see the movie. I just recently started taking martial arts. So all of the martial arts in the movie, the jokes, the fun, just captured me so much that years later, when we finally got a VCR, it became a staple of our VHS collection. Even to this day, whether it's quoting, it's on the reflexes, or what does Jack Burton always say at a time like this, this movie is just always in my mind. And in fact, after I listen to you guys talk about it, I'll probably watch it again and again and again and again.
2: Hi Steve and John, I'm Rodrigo, a fan and Patreon supporter
0: from Brazil. Big Trouble in Little China is a movie that I have loved since watching it on TV back in the late 80s, and I believe what's special and sets it apart is the mix of unique characters it has, and the mixture of all these odd characters with the backdrop of uh, interesting elements of Chinese culture that you wouldn't see in in most of the other adventure movies from the 80s. Cheers from Brazil. Thanks, guys. And we also want to thank Stanley Daniel and Matt Hopkins for this pick.
1: Oh, so good.
0: I don't know what movie is like... The most represents a specific era of my life, but this is this is really this is important yeah. for Steve Morris, circa 1986 to 1989.
2: And this is funny to me because like this is big for you, and yes. you're of you're a, you're older than Ka- Catherine's a younger person, but this is a film Thank that's you. very big to her. No, I'm just saying it's, it's so you can t- so it's a film that does like it's multi generational. This film it Apparently. does appeal over and mm-hmm. over again to people yeah. when they discover it, yeah. and it's on cable all the time. Do you remember,
0: Catherine, do you remember how you first came to this film?
1: Yeah, it's kind of an embarrassing story. Excellent. um,
0: (laughs) Turn up the mic.
1: (laughs) Uh, So I think it was about 10 years ago, um... I had taken a break from acting, and I got back into performing. And I got uh, got involved with some friends who were making an independent film called Mark of Love. And so I was on set with all these people, and there was this like group of guys that were working with us on the film. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> and they were they were doing sound, and someone was sound, someone was the uh, production manager, uh, another one was an actor in the film, was a friend of the director. It was like all these different boys, and I was young girl, so I was like wanted to hang out with these guys and we all got along really well um, and they were like oh you've got to see Big Trouble in Little China you would love it so much you, you, know, you love 1980s movies and, and it's true and I do um, and so we all sat down and watched it um, and because I was trying to impress them but I actually loved it so much that uh, I just I have watched it a hundred thousand times wow. since then. Um, my whole desk is like pop figures of this movie. Like I, like I what really kind enjoy of? It. So
0: do you do you have Jack Burton and? Oh yeah, and well I don't have Jack
1: Burton because he's very hard to find. <laughs> 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 um, I have all three storm as a Funko Pop. He's yeah, as a funko, funko Pop. Really? Yeah, interesting. It's crazy. You go to Comic Con and um, they're like it's like hundred fifty dollars for a low Pan.
3: Wow.
2: I know.
1: Which, I mean, maybe that just resonates with the film itself and how many people really like it. How much is
2: egg? How much is egg?
1: There's no egg shen. What? I know. How dare they? I mean, if there was an egg shen, I'd have like three of them. (laughs) Like one with the lightning hands and one with (laughs) the bus driver.
0: Wow. John, do you remember how you came to this film? Yeah, uh, five
2: years ago. Uh It really was one that it's one of these gaps, kind of like Goonies and these other films. Like it's not one of these films that necessarily got my attention. And I'm a massive Kurt Russell fan. So for whatever reason is one of these gaps in my film knowledge that was never filled until a few years ago. Uh, And I watched it and I get it. Like I get why people like it. But to me, the film gets better as it goes along. The first 30 minutes, I'm like, this is some bad acting from some people, and there's some real weird stuff going on, and and you have to get used to the dialogue, right? I mean, that's the thing. You have to understand what Carpenter was trying to do with the movie, so initially, I rejected it a little bit because I'm like, oh, they're all trying to say this stuff in a certain way. And then you get it that everyone's in on it. And once you get that everyone's in on it, then you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the style of the movie. So that's –
0: and I saw it again, obviously, for this podcast. Well, and, and, you know, as we talked about many times, there are movies that we talked about that weren't exactly my movie. And this sounds like this is one – This is not exactly your movie. Yeah, for whatever. But I'll give you like 20 other Kurt Russell ones that are. (laughs) Right. You know, it's just weird like that. Well, and and this is something I think we'll talk about, particularly with this film, Mm -hmm. is it hits certain people a certain way at a certain time. And if it doesn't hit you then, I mean, because we should acknowledge right from the beginning, this is a silly movie. Oh, very silly. You know? Very (laughs) silly. It has to match up to your particular kind of silliness. Yeah. Right then. Um, we'll t- talk a little bit about pre-production. We're not going to go in too deep on it. But um, uh, this started as a Western. That was the original plan, was this was going to be a Western. And uh, got brought to another screenwriter, and they're like, that's a terrible idea. Which, I don't know that it is a terrible idea. But it sounds like it was a complete, complete rewrite. Um, and uh, they, And this sounds like, from my understanding, is that this was really a job for hire for John Carpenter. This was not like a project like the thing mm-hmm. um, or Halloween that he or Escape from New York that was his project that he started from the beginning. This was kind of, here's a gig. But he was a huge fan of Kung Fu films and really, really admired them. And I think that helped him to, you know, kind of jump into what he wanted to do. And he I was listening to the commentary track, and he and Kurt Russell said a thing that which is a very amusing commentary track.
1: It is. It's not it's nothing to do with the film at all. For most a, of it. Yeah. It's just the two of it's them. It's probably talking twenty-five each other. minutes
0: where they talk about the film. And then it's like yeah. kids' soccer practice and yeah. other actors Kurt they Russell's know. like.
1: Yeah, they, they talk about they live for a while. Uh is that they
0: what they talk about for a bit? Maybe? Oh uh they live comes up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. times. Um uh, which the, is another fascinating. How much they love movie. each other goes oh, on for yeah. like They minutes. really yeah. like each other. Um but one of the things they said, and it's so funny because this is a thing First of all, I don't want to say in any way that I'm saying that Big Trouble in Little China is a deep movie. It is is not a deep movie. But they said a thing that I think frames the whole movie in a really interesting way. And it's something that I kind of knew intuitively, but I hadn't thought in this way. And this is what they said. They said the whole idea of the movie is to flip the sidekick and the leading man. That – The leading man is is that there's a character who thinks he's the leading man, and he Mm -hmm. acts like the leading man, and he has the arrogance of the leading man, and in fact, he is the sidekick. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy who acts like the sidekick, and in fact, it's his story, he's the leading man. And I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what's happening, and that's exactly where the whole sense of humor of the movie comes from, Mm -hmm. is from this idea that Kurt Russell is the hero, which he's not. No. I well, just blew my mind because that was that was one of my problems when I was watching the
2: movie. I'm like, I've never seen a film where the lead gets taken out of so many fights before he even starts fighting. And he's yeah. totally incompetent. And he's totally he's incompetent, incompetent. Right? Yeah. But he's great. Because he it never makes he never has a crisis of confidence, not once. No, These, no. Uh, His
1: problem is not confidence <laughs> yeah. in the whole film. That's, <laughs> that's not it.
2: <laughs> that's what I enjoy about him because it's like all this stuff happens, but at no point is he ever like, "I don't think I can do it." It's more a matter like, "What is
0: it now?" And I love that, you know. Well, and and there's this thing in American films where. If people wanted to do a film that was about an ethnic, non-mainstream, non-white issue, mm-hmm. the first thing the studio executive you, know, you say like, oh, we want to do a thing about civil rights movement in the 60s. Like, oh, good. Can the main character be a crusading white male lawyer mm-hmm. that we can put in there? Like, oh, we want to do a film about this. Oh, well, how can we get a white person in there? Mm-hmm. And this movie is messing with that. Yeah. Because that ostensibly looks like that's exactly what's happening. Right. Except for the fact that he is not really the hero. No. He's an idiot. Yeah. So it's really making fun of all that stuff. And I think I, that was so profound to me that I just wanted to say it right up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Kurt Russell's performance that is so great is he signs into that 100%. He was good to go to play that kind of character.
2: There's a million things that I love about Kurt Russell, and that is one of those, like one of the most important things is that he is willing to give himself to the service of the piece, always. And. Yeah. It's deceptive because he does convey that kind of leading man swagger, but no matter what you're watching, he's willing to be the butt of the joke, he's willing to be the overbearing guy, he's willing to be the one who makes the mistakes, or the one who gets made fun of through the piece and then gets whatever happens to him at the end. And you see that all through him building his uh, resume through the '80s and early '90s,
1: even up through now in Guardians too, right? You know, it's he starts yep. as this Ego big hero. Planet. He's he's uh, this. We've been waiting for Star Lord's father to appear, and here he is, and he's a planet, and he's right. incredible. And then he's the villain, right? And it's like, oh my god, <laughs> what <laughs> this whole yeah. time? Right. Unless you read the comics, and then you already knew that. True, <laughs> <Sure, laughs> true, sure.
0: Would you like to get into the movie? Sure. We begin with Egg Shen.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Um, in a very strange scene where yeah. he's talking to some government official.
3: What I'd like to do today is get your version of what happened.
0: Oh, you mean the truth? Uh, this was added later.
1: Yes, they didn't want. They didn't think Kurt Russell could be the hero. They didn't think he was heroic enough. That Jack Burton was heroic enough in the film, oh. so they added the studio asked for the scene later because they wanted to set the stage that he was. Going to be the hero, and that he was this this incredible guy.
0: Oh, interesting, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb, it doesn't count. It doesn't, it, it doesn't it, and anything. it just comes by the way from Barry Diller, who was the big executive yeah. and uh and was funny because listening to the commentary track, Carpenter and Russell, they think it's stupid, yeah. Mm. And they think because they're like, that was the whole point. <laughs> the whole point is he's not heroic, you don't understand the film, mm. okay, we'll do it, and so. We're going to have this guy say that Jack Burton is the hero and therefore the. It's just. That fixes dumb.
1: everything. I mean, the
0: scene is cute and funny. Sure. I don't have a problem with the scene, but the reasoning for it is very silly. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting scene. It's a, you know, because it walks you into the piece
2: with your mind already made up. I get the point of why they did it, but then they never go back to it. No. So what's the point of having the scene?
1: To, Would you show to someone, Please the executive.
2: Yeah. Right, I guess. When yeah.
1: you show someone this movie for the first time and that scene happens, yeah. after that everyone's like, "Okay, no thanks." <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, yeah. yeah. And at the end of it Egg Shen like does a little, yeah. little lightning bolt thing with his hands. By the way, I love Egg Shen. Oh. And I actually don't have his name in front of the what? actor's name. Well, I'll find it. Oh, yeah, please. It. Remember him in Gremlins? Yeah, he's he's well, and and this is the thing about this movie is that I don't have this as a fact, but I think this movie has more Asian characters with more lines than mm-hmm. any movie that uh, in film history up to this point.
1: They did a screening a couple years ago at the Japanese American national museum of this film. Oh, and wow. they had only kind of, and James Hong was there and it was a bunch of um, people who did the stunts in the film. Cause there's so many different fight scenes in the film. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how, when this movie came out, this was the job for Asian American actors at the time. This yeah. was everybody was working on this film and it was so important to them mm-hmm. to be able to, to be a part of this.
0: Well, it's, I mean, what a huge cast. Huge. You know, of of all, you know, and, and these are people who probably were on episodes of MASH and probably were on episodes yeah. of Quincy and a few yeah. other shows where Asian American actors could show up. Yeah. But to have them all in big starring roles, mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. Victor, Victor Wong is Egg Shen. Victor Wong. Yeah. And,
2: and a lot of these actors, the Asian actors, still working today. Yeah, yeah. That's phenomenal how many of these, uh, especially the
0: main big dude from the three, uh, whatever. One of the
1: three storms. One of the three storms, yes. I'm not as
0: familiar with it. I realize as we're just getting into the music, because when that music starts playing, and when I watched it a few nights ago, and that music starts playing, I started smiling. Because this is part of my youth and I realized I didn't say how I came to the movie. Oh yeah. It, is Steve. that I was, as we talked about when we talked about Enter the Dragon and we talked about uh Jackie Chan, that I was a huge Kung Fu movie fan from when I was a little kid. And that all through any time there was, you know, midnight Kung Fu movies or whatever it was, I would find them and watch them. And 1986 is the year I graduated high school. And seeing a American film that had all of these martial martial arts in it. I saw. Of course, I was going to go see it in the theater. I saw it with my friend Jeff, who is a guy who I did martial arts with for a decade, and uh, and it was not only amazing in the theater, but this went into. I think this was number one on the VHS rental rotation for four years. And when I ended up for living for, for me yeah. and, and the, my group of friends, mm-hmm. because when I lived with Jeff and then our friend Steve Jones, who had been on the podcast before, we yes. did three days of the Condor yes. and it was like, what are we going to do today? Oh, let's rent big trouble again. And we watched it over and over and over again. We quoted it back and forth to each other. We could say whole monologues out of the movie. <laughs> and, and And it's a funny thing because there's certain movies that you quote And we talked about this like when we talked about uh, Holy Grail. Yeah. Is that there's some movies, and I'm sure someday we're going to do Lebowski. Mm -hmm. And, you know, movies that just bring you to you want to be a part of the film. And for me, this was one of them. And I even went to the place where there was one point where – I decided to show my wife like one of my favorite films from younger days, and it was a disaster because the movie was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that it was terrible because I had that youthful love. (laughs) And I started to go – I hadn't seen Big Trouble in Little China for a while. This is maybe 10 years ago. And I went, oh, no, is Big Trouble in Little China not a good movie? And then they had a screening at the Egyptian. And I went to the Egyptian, surrounded, of course, by – fans of big trouble in little china and it was one of the great movie nights in my life and i'm like no vindication yes, <laughs> yeah. this is great yeah and, and being in this moment when the credits start after the egg shen scene and the credits start rolling that music starts happening and the pork chop express is coming down the road yes. and you hear kurt <laughs> russell talking on the cb watching it a few nights ago i was like yes this is still makes me awesome. smile in exactly the same way
1: Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's on the reflexes.
0: First of all, I like the name the Pork Chop Express. I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> and the like running pig that's on the side of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, is he shipping meat? Is that what's happening? or is...
1: It's never disclosed. It's like uh-huh. you don't ever... Know. He just pulls in to a market, no and way. then that's
0: it. It says clearly on the grill, hauling ass. He's yeah, hauling
1: ass. he's hauling ass. <laughs>
0: that's what he's doing. Um, and, and he's on the CB, yeah. and he does this multiple times in the film. He is just monologuing. Yeah. Who is he talking to?
1: Whoever's listening, always. <laughs> I I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) What
2: What seems to me is he's doing an incredible imitation, but an homage to... Like a John Wayne type
0: thing, That's right? That's what he said
2: he was doing. Oh, well, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Okay. You are exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. It seems very obvious. And at that time, this film was still... We're still out of the 70s, late seven. Like, CB stuff is still... Ham radios is still... Sure. And also, the, 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 the late 70s is a big deal to be on the convoy and be on the mic and be on the rigs. Like, that was still a big deal when... Uh, at that time, I remember that still being a big deal. At that time, obviously, it's not as much nowadays. But that was like so part of the culture of the zeitgeist. So when it showed up in the film, I can't imagine that it was right. something that was so
0: uh, anachronistic or out of out of out of place. Well, and he's they're poking fun fun at the archetypal American hero, who is yes. the archetypal American right. hero, John Wayne. John Wayne, right. By the way, when I said to Karen, I said the same thing. Who is he talking to on the TV? <laughs> Karen's response is, oh, he's podcasting.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I, like,
1: I guess that's what it was then. I know, I, you that's know? what it was. That's the same thing.
0: <laughs> uh, and he pulls his big truck into Chinatown. Yep. Um, and then we uh, go into this night of Gambling. Yeah, <laughs> was apparently all of his Chinese friends, which we we never find out like how he came to know these yeah. people no. or what we never find was.
1: A, find out how he knows Wang.
0: No, mm-hmm.
1: they just accept it. That's true. That's a yeah. good point. They've known each other for a long time. That's yeah. all we know. They're you old friends. Start. Old friends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jack. Yeah. Um,
1: After all these years, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and now we meet who now I understand actually is the hero of the film, mm-hmm. which is Dennis Dunn, mm-hmm. Wang. I love him. He's so. He's I. He's one of those people who go like, Ah, oh, I wish that he had had. I mean he still he still works. He worked mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. whole time but like he didn't get to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. And he's so charming and nice and fun and moves great. Yeah. I love him. Yeah.
1: yeah. He's supposed to be Jackie Chan. Yeah. The Carpenter the... wanted Jackie Chan. Oh wow. Get Jackie Chan.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, this is right what we talked about when we did Police Jesus. Story is it's right in the moment when Jackie had done um Battle Creek Brawl and Protector. and mm-hmm. they were disasters. And he was so angry and upset about these American films that he'd done that were awful that he went, "I'm going to go focus on my Hong Kong movies and not going to do anything with America, mm-hmm. which was certainly the right choice for him. yeah. um, but man, if he had been in big trouble in China. Oh. I don't know. it's a different movie though,
1: yeah. I saw something somewhere, but I've never seen it watching the film that he does a cameo in the final scene, oh, really? but i've Ooh. never I've never noticed it. In all, right. all the times I've watched
0: it, <laughs> 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 all right, internets.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I like because I have googled around like looking for more information. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, there's a guy that looks like him that's in the big fight scene in the yeah. Chinatown, but, but I don't think leading. it's him.
1: I don't think so either.
0: But it would have been a different movie, you're right, Steve, because it would have been obvious that he's a leading guy. Yeah, where yep. you use
2: with with a uh, der- what is it, Derek Dennis Dunn? Dunn, Dennis Dunn? Dennis Dunn. It, it works better because you don't assume that he's the leading guy because he's smaller. He's kind of uh, he he he's immediately he seems like a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. And he's immediately indebted to Jack yeah. and the gambling, yeah. right? He's the one that's getting caught up in everything. So
0: we're gambling all night, and uh, Jack is winning. Wang is losing. Uh, and Jack's ca- taking all his money to go home, and mm-hmm. Wang says no. And then he says mm-hmm. no again with a big cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> you Wang, are not leaving. Wang's a bit of an idiot at the beginning.
2: So you should be sleeping. Your, your beautiful woman is coming. Why are you gambling all night with your buddy? Like, what is wrong with you? But if he didn't, we wouldn't even have the movie.
0: So it's all, it's all right, but he's still well, a bit of a fool. And I think we've all known some guys who were <laughs> yeah, up all night with sure. their buddies before yeah. they had to yeah. do all sorts yeah, of I things. Maybe I should shut up. Yeah, <laughs> good point. All right, go ahead. <laughs> nope, not pointing any fingers here. And, and, <laughs> and there's this great, like, uh, uh, Jack says,
1: Is this going to get ugly now? Huh? I hope not. Because I thought what we were here, racial differences notwithstanding, was just a couple of old friends, you know, just both of us Californians. <laughs> Which,
0: as a Californian, it's I always kind of meant something to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're Californians. We should all agree. <laughs> um, well, that's a good question. Where in China? Like, is this, is this Chinatown here Chinatown?
1: San it's San Francisco. Okay, yeah. San Francisco. But it was shot here. Right.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of exteriors shot up in San Francisco, yeah, and gotcha. then a lot of it shot downtown, and then it's on the back lot. Gotcha. You know, it's, yeah. it is. It is and, and let's be really clear. This is not what Chinatown is like. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. <laughs> They're not underground tunnels. There's not. I mean, Chinatown is a <laughs> as really as far as you know. Yeah, fair fair point. <laughs> um, uh, it is the oldest part of San Francisco. It's the part that didn't burn down in the fire. So wow. Chinatown's a fascinating place in San Francisco. That's well fun. worth a visit. Egg yeah, was telling. I was yeah.
1: just there a few weeks ago. Oh, right, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Egg, Egg tells pork buns, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Egg tells you that in the movie as That's it's true. giving you the <laughs> tour. Um, uh, and and but. Wang needs to get his money back. He makes mm-hmm. he proposes nothing or double. That's a mm-hmm. nice little screenwriting thing rather than mm-hmm. saying double or nothing. Yeah. That he's going to cut this bottle in half with his cleaver.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Jack agrees, makes him switch bottles.
3: <laughs>
0: Which is brilliant. Um, I think that's a good, wise move. Wang goes to cut it. That bottle flies across the table. Jack catches it.
1: It's all in the reflexes. Oh, it's all in the reflexes.
0: It's all in the reflexes. Yep, <laughs> that's our second, second repetition of that line. <laughs> um, and now, now, Wang is deep in debt, and he says, "Oh, I got to pay you later." And the thing, you know, this is the this is the moment where things could go tense, but we're really not going to go tense because mm. they're old friends, just a couple of Californians. Jack does push him though. He says, "Now, no yeah. later, now." Yeah. And then, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: he won't let him leave him
0: right without paying. Yeah, yeah. And, and Wang, as he's telling this story, he tells the story about that there's this girl coming mm-hmm. and we get that first taste of like the language. this language is not going to be normal because he should have gotten home and gotten 40 winks. Winks, yeah. Yeah. 40 winks is not – people don't talk like that. And we're going to see that throughout this movie is there's like this weird mix of John Wayne and 30s kind of fast-talking comedy style yeah. in the way people talk. And, and again, this is where I think one of those moments where the audience is either going to go, I'm out, this is silly – or, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he tells her he's got to go pick up this girl at the airport. And, went, and Jack finally doesn't trust him enough to let him go on his own. He's like, why don't you come with me in the truck? And they head off. And Wang tells what is, although Wang is actually not an immigrant, but he tells a very typical immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Working seven days a week, super hard to make enough money to bring this woman
3: mm-hmm.
0: from China mm-hmm. to the U.S. Mm-hmm. to marry him. There's a there's this great moment where he says, oh, that, that that's why the bottle didn't slice. My mind and my spirit are going north and south. And Kurt Russell's nod at that moment. <laughs> sure, buddy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so
2: It's so good. You're a martial artist. Does that make sense? The north and south thing?
0: Yeah. So... I've heard martial artists say all sorts of things. Okay. And 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 that is not out of the realm of something that a, a martial artist might say. All right, fair. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense. Because <laughs> at this point, we don't know that Wang
2: can no. fight and do no. any of no. this kind of stuff till much later. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, what is he talking about, the north and south thing? And it, it obviously because of the bottle and everything like that. So, But this is kind of like a little bit laying the groundwork later that will come... To fruition,
1: the the and I think he, uh, Carpenter talks about it in the um, the commentary. Yep. <laughs> uh, he talks about it in the commentary that uh, he wants to slowly introduce you to all of the like mystical kind of sorcery aspect of the film. Oh uh, yeah. So you get a teeny little taste of it in that first scene, right. and then you start to hear it in the dialogue as it goes forward. And so you you kind of catch on to it with what Wang is saying in that scene, a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I, I don't want to make, this will be a very small digression, but if you really are asking the question, if you look at Chinese uh, medicine and Chinese mm-hmm. mysticism and Chinese, like, the ideas of poles and north and south and, oh. yeah. and meridians and the east-west meridian of the body and all these, these are, these are real things in Chinese medicine. Oh, well, there we go. You know, um, and, and what's interesting is, like, what we're going to see... First of all, let me preface this by saying I am not an expert in Chinese medicine (laughs) or or Chinese history, culture, mysticism, or anything. But from my reading, there is a mix of, yeah, that's kind of based on something. And no, that has nothing. They just made that up for them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, And so we head off to the airport. And the first person uh, we meet at the airport is Gracie Law. Yeah. Kim Cattrall.
1: Yes, Gracie Law, the lawyer.
0: Gracie Law, the lawyer. The fast talk, she's the most out of her 30s. Yes. She's like out of His Girl Friday or something like that.
1: Oh, I love her so much.
0: Um, (laughs) She is, you know, you can forget how
2: beautiful she has always been, right? Yeah. She's exquisite in this mm-hmm. movie, just exquisite. And this is a woman who had done porkies and done these, like, she right. was building herself, mannequin. Mm-hmm. She was building, like, as a lead in these kinds of things. So right. you forget. That's why I always take her side in everything. Like, I know all this <laughs> stuff with Sex in the City and all that stuff behind the scenes. I always take Cottrell's side. Whatever Cottrell says, I go with So you're but, a Samantha. I, I you really say. am. You I really are. Am. You absolutely I, I are. I totally am. And I support her a thousand percent. Yeah. Because I lo- and in this film she's just beautiful. You're just like you're
0: so beautiful, like well,
1: he so her cr- beautiful. out of the crowd. Yeah, he just uh, Who's that? And he's right. like, "That's trouble. Don't go over there." Yeah. And then he's like, "All right, I'll go right over there."
0: <laughs> of course, and we find out that yeah. she's there to pick up some uh, woman from China to make sure she gets a, a chance. And uh, and there's really good little banter between the two of them. Can I ask
1: you a serious question?
3: Absolutely not.
1: Well, then would you ever consider just jumping right in? Sure,
3: but never with a person in your condition.
1: Let's talk about my condition, just what's wrong with it. You should try standing down when where I am. It's Miller time. (laughs) And
0: and this is the thing. This is a quotable movie. Yes. Um, um, And then um, who shows up but the Lords of Death. Yes. (laughs) Thugs from Chinatown.
1: Walking right in.
0: <laughs> right? For, first of all, security has changed at airports. Yes. Yeah, we used to be able to walk <laughs> no. right in. Yeah. Um That's true. second of all, this idea of like we're just abducting women at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna say maybe this isn't a realistic film. <laughs> what? Fine. <laughs> How dare you. I love the little move where Jack gets distracted, turns around back to flirt with Kim Cattrall and she is now gone and there's an older woman there and there's a great <laughs> little just a great little comedy beat. It's funny because you don't think of John Carpenter as a guy who does comedy. Right. I mean, there are funny things in the thing. There's ish. Sure. There's little moments. Escape from New York as well. Escape there are from New moments. York. Yeah. There's funny things. Um, but this is full like doing comic beats, you know. Um, and uh, and we get, I think, really well-constructed filmmaking scene of the woman that Gracie Laws coming through um security or through uh, uh, immigration and the and then the Mao Yin, who is the girl that Wang is going to meet, is also coming through at the same time. And the Lords of Death are moving in, and it's a really well constructed, mm. somewhat confusing moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and who gets grabbed? But it's actually the wrong person. It's the mm-hmm. person Gracie is there to see. They realize she's the wrong person. And they go to grab uh and, and then Jack steps in and goes, "I'm going to go be the hero." Yeah, right. Um, I'm
1: going to impress this woman.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, and so that was actually a question I was going to ask: Is he really jumping in to be the hero, or is he just trying to impress the girl?
1: He's trying to impress the girl. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: that never stops. <laughs> fair, fair point. Just so we're clear. Um, and then and then uh, the Lords of Death guy pulls out a butterfly knife, mm-hmm. which, by the way, when I was in high school, those were cool. Yeah, I had one, mm-hmm. and I would I would flip it around. Yeah, I'd learn how to spin it and throw it and.
2: I didn't hang around guys like you <laughs> on purpose.
0: Cause y'all would walk the hallways and do that shit. And i no, like, no, I'm not no. going near that. No, because the, I'm gonna stay in the library with, I my was nerdy with books. The, no, but we were the nerds. Yeah. I mean, that was the nerdy butterfly knife people.
2: I, okay. Maybe where you grew up, not where I grew up. That's where I grew up. Yeah. No. I, they were the cigars or oh, I maybe mean, they were the cigarette smoking, drinking guys out in the the smoking lounge. Well,
0: well, there is a very as there are many subsets of nerddom, there is a very strange like martial arts subset of nerddom. And that's what uh, I was in, and Steve Jones and Mm -hmm. our friend Jeff, and a bunch of, that's what our, or Dan Panosian, who was on the show also, that was the, like, we're we're interested in martial arts and violence, as well as Dungeons and Dragons and comic books and computer
1: games. they go hand in hand. (laughs) A little bit.
2: (laughs) Did they have butterfly knives when you were in high school?
1: I, I grew up in the era of D.A.R.E., and oh, yeah. it, drugs and alcohol and oh. all that stuff. And so we had like very extensive, no knives, no guns, no weapons of any, no fun. nothing that could be construed as a weapon <laughs> or a drug, no glue. Like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Like I remember at, at
0: Boy Scout camp when we were, um, you know, throwing the axe into hatchets into a tree. Oh, yeah. You know, and the Scoutmasters are walking by, I go, no, 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 you got to have it flip over one more time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like. It's a different world yeah. It really is Yeah Anyway uh, Jack does not do well Against this lord of death no Who is who, who is a stuntman uh, Who ends up His name is Jeff Jeff Amanda I think And he becomes John Carpenter's Stunt coordinator oh, wow. That guy Awesome uh, He gets a um, uh, His leg sweeped out From under him uh, We get a really good look At his moccasins For the first time <laughs> Which, to me, are right up there with his hat from The Thing. Just yeah. a very silly article of clothing.
1: His whole outfit is, like, iconic in this film.
0: Yeah. They grab- oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The T-shirt. The T-shirt. I have, to. <laughs> you, too. My I do.
1: But, you. I mean, you can't walk around, like, a comic convention or or anywhere where, where the nerds gather together mm-hmm. without seeing one. Of course.
0: Yeah. There's
2: a girl in the Down, Stacy Howard. She dressed up as Jack Burton to compete one uh, time. Mullet. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sleeveless shirt. The jeans and the moccasins. How'd she do? Amazing. Oh, she great. lost, but she did amazing in the look, in the
0: dress. That so wasn't I'll... my question. Oh. I was asking. <laughs> no. I was oh. asking if that helped her in competition. <laughs> not in that. Not in that particular one. But she has won a <laughs> because couple you're dressing up as someone who isn't yeah. actually that bright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a good point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the mullet though was great. It, uh, it, he's got a jean jacket and jeans on at one point in time. It's so,
0: a <laughs> it's it's denim, man. Um, and Wang and Jack go. They they grab uh, Mao Yen. They go off and chase them into the parking lot. And there's this moment where, by the way, I love Wang's run. That is done has a very funny <laughs> run. And they end up in the parking lot, Cars coming straight at them in what seems like a fairly scary shot coming at them really fast, and they dive out of the way. Yeah. It was shot in reverse. That's a camera pulling away from them, and they had to dive backwards. Which actually is you know, it's one of those weird things <laughs> that actors are asked to do at some point. Um, and there's a really scary shot of Mao Yen in the back of the car. Yeah. Like underneath in that Trans Am or whatever it is. It's like
1: pressed up against
0: the pressed glass. Pressed up against the glass, yeah. Ow. So something's going on here. Um, and what's Jack Burton's line? It's a classic heroic line: Son of a bitch
3: must pay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch
0: must pay.
3: <laughs>
0: John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the cinephiles' new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game,
2: Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this
0: event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Uh, So we jump in the truck, and we're going to head off uh, to Chinatown. And this is where we see Egg Shen again, and he's driving his awesome uh, Chinatown tour bus. I love that bus. Yes. <laughs> I so want to take the Egg Beautiful Shen tour
1: Chinatown. Do you see before you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, no vocal inflection at all. <laughs> he's his
0: performance is so peculiar. It's so
1: wow. great. Well, here's
0: what I was thinking about: is what is his role? Mm-hmm. He is essentially Merlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's who he oh, is. Great oh, and yeah. if you think about like. The performance of Merlin we talked about when we did Excalibur, yep, yep. which is this odd, peculiar guy, and I don't know if he was thinking about that when he took on Egg Shen, but it is this very strange character. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I love him, and, and and unfortunately though, the big truck Jack's Porkchop Express is coming right at him. <laughs> What's
2: it doing going down <laughs> those little
0: alleys? Dude, That's madness. Yeah, and by the end, so Kurt Russell had to learn how to drive the big truck, and he did drive it in some of these scenes, sure, sure. but I don't think he did going down that alley. <laughs> Because <laughs> we go into some pretty narrow alleys, and then we, and in as we turn into those alleys, we leave actual San Francisco Chinatown and we arrive in a set.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and this set, this Chinatown set, was apparently used for years after that. It was using music videos, using all sorts of stuff. Oh, Janet Jackson. This is Janet Jackson music video. Uh, do you know what music video
1: it was? I cannot remember the name of the song. Was,
0: was it the one where she's d- dancing in the 40s, like she dressed up in the 40s
1: stuff? What's the name of know.
2: that? Uh, all Right.
1: No. If I heard the name, I think I'd know it. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um
2: <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm lost in thinking about what
0: video would be. Um, a lady cuts off the head of a duck. Yeah. As you do.
1: Is it a duck or a dog? I've always looked at that. Ooh, like
0: I don't think it's a dog. I think, it's a I, duck. I think every
1: time I watch it it's something different to me. Really? Whoa. It's scary. It's weird looking. Man, Lopan is
0: messing with yeah. you. You can change that movie. Oh,
1: man. And of course,
0: we actually drive past Lopan. There's a little shot of yeah. uh, of him as we come in. And then we end up at, like right in front of this crazy funeral. Mm-hmm. And again... <laughs> This is not really realistic. <laughs> like with everybody in yellow and these other guys in red. Everybody in their gang corks. colors. Yeah. yeah. It's a little silly.
1: Specifically in this alley at this moment yeah. in time. Um,
0: <laughs> and, and, and and Wang is sort of narrating what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that the these are the the good guys and they're the Cheng Sings and and then behind the truck show up the guys in, with the red.
1: And there's the main uh, st- I don't know his name, but the main stunt guy with the longer hair. Yes, that is out. Al no, Leong. Yeah, and he's from uh, he's Die He's
0: in Die Hard. He's in Le- yeah. Le- yeah. Weapon. Yeah. So, and we, Lethal Weapon. We've all. done both Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> and I've mentioned Ali Leong uh, both times. And so there's only one more. So we've done Die Hard. Mm-hmm. We've done Lethal Weapon. There is one more performance of Al Leong. I don't know if we're going to do it in the cinephiles. Wow. What is it? It is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm sure we're gonna. He's do it. Genghis Khan. Yeah, I'm sure
2: oh. we're gonna do yeah. it. I'm sure we're gonna find somebody to come and be a guest for that one.
1: You kind of have to do that,
0: like we. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I rewatched it. I rewatched it a few years ago. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean, I loved it when it came out, and it's funny. Yeah. If I. I don't know if I. If you listen. You go on Patreon right now. Yes. And you. <laughs> Bid a lot of money, yeah, and we will immediately do Bill and Ted's excellent.
1: Adventure. <laughs> Keanu Reeves in the only role he ever understood.
0: Oh, except well, maybe point break. There it is. <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves is a really smart guy, yeah, yeah, Catherine. Have you, have you listened to him? <laughs> Whoa, it like a turn. <laughs> we're yeah. trying to get him on the show, Catherine.
1: <laughs> I like Keanu Reeves, <laughs> no, <we're> just... so, he's <laughs> wonderful.
0: <laughs> so, and then we enter what is yep. I don't know if this is an inappropriate term, but a Chinese standoff. Uh, okay. this seems weird thing to call I think he it.
1: He says that
0: though. No, he does. He does. Yeah. No, that's what he calls it. Yeah. Your cover? That's no, what I it quote, is. no, I
1: was <laughs> quoting. No, I was quoting the movie.
0: okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's what Wang says. I felt I was saying I felt weird saying it. <laughs> now I feel uncomfortable. Well, if he says it, you got cover. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Because um, if other, another person says things, then it's okay for me to say that. Well, of yeah. course. That's how it works. All right. Good to know. <laughs> so they come out, and they have a bunch of machine guns. I love the guy that's got the cross-belted, uh, you know, yeah. bullets on it's his like, chest. why? And they just open fire, yeah. and they pull out the revolvers and shoot it, and it's just so totally bizarre. Apparently, there is no law in Chinatown. No. And... <laughs> and then what's really weird is it, it, like the 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 good guys kind of get hurt, and then they mm-hmm. come back, and they all have sticks and you know strange you know uh, non gun weapons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we never see guns again uh, in, in in this fight scene.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So they the just security guards. They just later. they just put them down. Yeah, yeah. That's very very strange. But what is this? What is this funeral all about? Who is dead? What the leader of that of the Wang Sing?
1: How did they die? I. Lopan ordered him to be killed. Okay. Yeah. And
2: when do you find that out? During the.
1: It's like mentioned very briefly. Very okay. briefly. Yeah, right. it's very, Good very memory. briefly. Yeah. All right.
2: So they're purposely walking down this very public place to instigate mm-hmm. a reaction. Yes.
0: That is, seems to be what's
2: happening. Because, because I would bring this back only because what you said earlier, Steve, that he had wanted to make this a Western. There are a lot of Western beats yeah. through this whole movie. That is one of them. Mm-hmm. But there are always those scenes in those Westerns where the evil people or the good people march the person that's been killed th- in the coffin through the town so that people can right. see what the other people have done to this person. Well, so that's another that's a definitely and that the whole cross with the that's a whole Western, that's a Western look, thing. That's yeah. a
0: band that's a bandito thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yeah, exactly and mm-hmm. or or, or casting the Sundance Kit. Sure. And it's a so totally Western elements. And even like this is Yojimbo. You know, this is oh, the two yes. rival gangs Absolutely. facing each other down the street. Um and I I am sure that John Carpenter was thinking of these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like they introduce the guns so they can say, yes, we know their guns and now we can throw guns away because mm-hmm. what we really want to do is have a big Kung Fu fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this fight scene is the best martial arts American fight scene in, that had been made up to this point wow. because American movies didn't know how to do this. They really, really didn't. And while I don't think this compares to big fight scenes that were made in Hong Kong at the same time... It's, and, and John Carpenter doesn't think he compares either. He says in the commentary track, we just couldn't do what they did. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good fight scene, particularly for this era. Mm-hmm. And I love Al Leong who just, he screams <laughs> and he does not run up. No. And everyone else does run up. It's awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: What's it? What was it like for you to see the fight scene the first? Like, you, I mean,
1: I well, I've always loved movies like this though. Like, oh. I've never I. You like fight scenes? I in movies? I love fight scenes in movies. Yeah, I mean, my when I grew up, my dad made sure I watched Star Wars for the very first time. You know, right. I, I grew right. up with with Star Wars and you know the Princess Bride and and how important all of the fight scene, you know, the yeah. sword fighting right. scenes are in that. So I always love movies with this kind of stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Interested so. I was just like, there's so much going on. I love it so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and this it really is, is. Yeah, it's certainly it's is a so lot so going cool. on. It
1: is. It Part really does.
0: And, and the choreography is really good. Yeah. And they have I mean, they basically got every single Asian stuntman yeah. martial arts guy they could get. And there's a lot of really good guys in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a bunch of great moves. And at the beginning, the Wang sings the good guys are winning mm-hmm. to some degree. And I love that we have Jack and Wang just frozen in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and we've we had these weird whip pans off of like someone's arm gets broken and we whip oh, pan to yeah. their face and they go, Ugh, and they have a reaction. It's, it's,
1: it's. Oh, fun. that's great. Yeah.
0: Uh, and everything's going pretty well for our good guys. And they even start giving each other this cool hand signal, which you bet I did it <laughs> uh, when I was, when I was 17, 18 years old. Oh yeah. Yes. That's the kind of geek I was.
1: Yes. Yeah the hand signal of people who love this movie to each other. <laughs>
0: um, and then the three storms show up. Yeah. And we're like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. Three guys in traditional Chinese garb come flipping and flying into the area. Oh, so by the way, so of course we divided up who was who. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was Thunder. Because oh, I with I was your friends. Video. With All my right. friends, because I was the big guy. Uh, our friend uh, Jeff was Lightning, mm-hmm. and Steve Jones was uh, Rain. hmm um and it it made perfect sense for us when we were 18 19 years old. Thunder was actually a Hong Kong uh he was in a lot of movies. He also uh trained uh the Hong Kong police in kung fu. Mm-hmm. Um Rain uh, I'll, all I all I know about him is his name is Peter Kwong uh and Lightning uh James Pack he was just a model. He'd mm-hmm. never done martial arts or anything like that. Cool. Um mm-hmm. and these effects and these guys flying in look this was super cool in the 80s. Yeah. Maybe it's not super cool today. I don't know.
1: It's always going to be cool. <laughs>
0: uh, apparently they're invulnerable to guns. They do this weird flip knife throw which the physics of which escape me.
1: It's so weird, but it's uh, fine.
0: Yeah. They, they pull out completely bizarre weapons. Mm. <laughs> this weird like hand thing. Yeah. Some spinning thing in his hand which he makes a strange face. Yeah. It's strange. Look, I'm not much like when we did like let's say Armageddon. I can't defend certain things in this film. It is silly. (laughs) Well, sure, but it's not silly in a
2: disrespectful way. And I think that's what I enjoyed about watching it the first time and then watching again for this podcast. It is silly, but they're not played for a stereotype anything. And I think that's incredible about this film. It could have easily slid into that, like stereotypical stuff or uh, shades of races and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you, you never sense that they are not being prideful in what they're doing and that's what I enjoy like when the, the three Storms show up it's awesome even that dude's huge ass hat which if you read Lone Wolf and Cup, you'll see people with oh, large yeah? hats mm-hmm. who sometimes do those kinds of things because it offers protection or whatever so uh, to me it didn't bother me where it would seem comical it works because of what they're because they're such badasses doing what they're doing
0: that it doesn't matter mm. well two things about this one is the movie did get protested from the Asian American oh. community after it came out which Carpenter and Kurt Russell were really shocked by yeah. mm-hmm. and what I'll say is I'm never I'm never going to tell someone of a certain group that they're wrong to be offended about oh something. sure that's not yeah. you know like you you get to feel how you feel mm-hmm. that being said I think this movie particularly compared to other portrayals of Asian Americans up to this time and even since then yeah this is has it yes are there bad guys in here are there stereotypes in here yeah but there's heroes in here and smart guys in here and a whole wide range of characters and 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 so like to me it's a a really loving portrayal and in particular in this sense which is that we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Princess Bride as we mentioned Galaxy Quest is that Galaxy Quest is a satire of Star Trek made by people who adore Star Trek. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and so you could feel all the love for it, even when they're making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening here. Is I think they love kung fu movies. Yes. They love all this stuff. They they're excited about it, and yes, they're also making fun of it. But I
2: would also flip it on its head, Stephen. This a majority of the film is Asian Americans. only Absolutely. three white people, and that's yep. Russell, uh, uh, Kim, Kim Patrall Patrall and, and her and, sister,
0: yeah, or her friend, the reporter.
2: The reporter. Yeah. Like, those are all three white. So if that's so, if the entire film Asian Americans, guess what? You're going to get good Asian Americans. You're going to get evil Asian Americans. You're going to get stereotypical. You know why? Because we have a whole. If you have a film full of white people, you're going to get stereotypical white hillbilly guys so to me it's not offensive in the way it's that's portrayed. how i feel too but i get how people i get if they were but then you just said catherine they screened it at the japanese-american yeah. so uh, although it is a chinese film it was screened yeah. at japanese-american
0: film, so well it can't be that and sometimes the people that are protesting a thing never actually saw it
2: right that's you know?
0: always true um and, and i'm not saying that doesn't mean that you don't have the right to be offended right, right. but i personally like I remember when Passion of the Christ came out and there was all this yeah. among uh, Jewish people, which I'm Jewish, were very offended by the film. And I would ask people like, well, did you see it? And they said no. And I finally went to see it yeah. uh, because I felt like I couldn't have a conversation until I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that film's anti-Semitic. No, I don't either. I think it has. It's, it's a lot of ways. I think there's. I have issues with the film. Sure. But yeah. it's like there are good Jewish people and bad Jewish people. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's the, the main hero people. is Jewish. And mm-hmm. this is not an anti-Semitic movie. But we digress. But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> because after the storms start wiping out uh, all of the good guys, Wang just says, hit the gas and drive. And mm-hmm. Kurt Russell puts the tr- big truck into gear. <laughs> the storms just f- get out of the way or flip over him. Yeah. And there, standing in front of him, is <laughs> seven foot tall low Pan.
1: Oh, man. David Lopan.
0: Um and <laughs> his name is David. Yeah. And he, he just gestures for Jack to drive over him. Jack hits him. Oh my God, I ran over this strange man. Yeah. Gets out of the car and there's Lopan and he and his eyes start twitching and the yeah. light starts coming out and his mouth opens and Jack gets blinded. Don't
3: look, Jack. I already did. No, I won't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they run away. I love the smile on his face when he gets run over. Like, he wants to get
1: run yeah, over. Yeah, well, he's, so like, great. come here with his yeah. finger. Yeah.
0: It's a very come-hither <laughs> moment. Yes.
1: It's true.
0: And then there's this... It almost feels like an amusement park ride. Mm-hmm. You know how you're in an amusement park ride, and you're in a car, like, a you know, at Disneyland, mm-hmm. and then the lights of, like, the train show up and are coming towards you, and, of course, it's on a track. It's never going to hit you. Right. That's sort of how this feels. Yeah. And there's something very John Carpenter of them going through the tunnels, into the place, having a conversation. Bad guys are coming in by breaking mm-hmm. the glass. I, I swear to God, it's like shot for shot as something that happens in Escape yeah. from New York.
1: Mm. You're always on the edge of danger. Yeah.
0: But while we're having some exposition about what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. um, um, So we end up in this room. Jack takes off his jacket to reveal his muscles, <laughs> which I think is very important. Um, there's really no other reason for him to be nope. taking okay. off his jacket nope. at that moment. <laughs> and we get this line where smart man calls the cops. Cops got better things to do than get killed. What does Jack say? So do I. <laughs> so he's not yet the hero. Um, and finally, and then there's another moment where they have to escape and we end up back at the restaurant, which is Wang's restaurant.
1: There's a lot of moments, though, where they catch you up on what just happened yeah. in the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just tell you exactly. And and coming into the restaurant, that's the same thing happens right there again.
0: Right. And we have Jack on the phone trying to call. He's wearing some silk,
1: silk yeah. <laughs> something silk or other.
0: And he's on the phone trying to talk to someone about his insurance, which he doesn't want to hear, Act of God. Right. And in the meantime, <laughs> um there uh, Wang, I guess that's his dad, is finding yeah. out about um, what happened and that David Lopan was on the street. And we get this line where uh, dad says China is here and Jack's line is... <laughs>
1: What does that mean? mean? (laughs) China is here.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what the hell that means. All I know is...
1: All I know is this Lopan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley while his buddies are flying around on wires cutting everybody to shreds and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth.
0: I quoted this whole whole paragraph for (laughs) years. I don't know why I find it so funny. It's great. And they've taken his truck, right, at this point or not? Yeah. His truck's gone. Yeah, yeah, his truck's gone. And yeah. it's
1: all about getting his truck back.
0: Right. At yeah. this
1: point, that's his motivation that's his from here on out. Yep. I just want my truck back.
0: Right. And of course, he's a hero.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Eddie walks in. He's the guy, another... And again, I think this is a very non-cliché character. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, he's very Americanized. Yeah. Uh, and he's the one who tells us that Lords of Death took the truck. Um, and, in, and in walks... Gracie law
1: don't panic it's only me Gracie law
0: <laughs> Her acting's literally on a different Planet I think it's so
1: great yeah it's, I just Want to walk into every room like that Like <laughs> six hair flips with every like Syllable in this line
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and we Find out that Mao yin has been taken to A brothel mm-hmm. um, and that part of it is that She's got green eyes oh no that's like Leather bucket seats it's double the Price Again, I don't know what this is about, <laughs> but it is very strange that uh, that the kidnapping of Mao Yin has nothing to do with Lopan's plan. It's just an accident.
1: But he says eyes of creamy jade in the scene as well. And then Lopan refers to her eyes in the same way oh. later on in the film.
0: Interesting.
2: So the, the, the doc, double leather du- bucket seats, what is that? It's a leather, leather bucket, bucket seats,
0: seats. It's double the price.
2: So you don't know what that means?
0: No, I know. I, I understand. I know what oh, okay. it means.
2: <laughs> because her having the green eyes is like yeah. he's it's even. Yeah. he's yeah. even more. Yeah, yeah. It's even harder. Yeah, it's going to cost Where him more.
1: Where did that come from? Leather bucket seats.
2: That's that,
0: what we had back then in the old days. Young lady, that was a,
2: young lady, it was a big deal to have <laughs> leather bucket seats.
1: Because uh, when, when
0: I grew up, all the cars had bench <laughs> seats.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. They didn't we, have bucket seats. You didn't have I, bucket seats, girl.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Do you get it now? I get it now. Yeah. God made.
2: Ricardo time. Montalban made a whole living of Corinthian Corinthian leather. leather. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: um, and so we got a we got a plan. Yes, I'm gonna get my walker here in a second. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh uh, Yeah. Um. <laughs> listen, we just did the month of Cain. That was a <laughs> that's lot. That was, a lot <laughs> that, that was an old movie. Yeah, we are old. Um, uh so we got a plan. Let's head off to the brothel. And we have a little time in the car where we're talking about uh uh the plan and, and we get to this great little build of the thing is to do this, the thing is to do this, the thing is to look stupid. He does. <laughs> 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 and uh it Kurt goes into the brothel. Mm-hmm. I love his performance in this scene. Oh my god. But
2: I love that it's like out of no, like all of a sudden, this truck driver. Can can you know impersonate this kind of character and puts in has the glasses and they can know what to do. Where to get the? Where would he get the shirt? Like all of that just pops up, and you're like, Hair okay,
1: swept to the side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, what, where is
0: he? And he can pull on a voice, and he's, got just, he's like an actor now, all of a sudden. Well, and honestly, this is a trope. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. this is like yeah. Bruce Lee does this in in multiple. Yes, movies. he does. Puts on the glasses and acts you're like right. the geeky person, and that's sort of. Well, oh, that's a great point. You know, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Gracie runs out of the car through the rain to go meet this reporter mm-hmm. who just wants to get her story. Yeah. <laughs> Kate
1: Burton. Kate Burton. This is like one of her first films. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: This is from stage. Yeah. I think she had done like a little TV, and that's it. Yeah,
1: Margot is my favorite character in this movie. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, Margot, your no, favorite character. She doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, no, she like, doesn't. She like if you think of all the characters in this movie, like who is maybe one of the least, least useful? It's Margot. She's mm-hmm. just there. She's just there the whole way through, and she this is the only scene where they set up the whole purpose of her right. being there. But there's never a payoff for her to be no. there at the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny going like it, you know what's interesting? We talked about like in a lot of ways all the Asian American actors are right. not clichés. Right. The white people are totally clichés. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So they are just cliché, shallow. Yeah.
1: She has a great line later in the movie that I I love so much is
0: I must be so incredibly yeah, naive. I
1: must be so impossibly naive. You,
0: you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> um we're back in the brothel and Jack is looking through a book. Uh and <laughs> do, you have they have with, to... do you have one with green eyes?
2: He's just so <laughs> obvious about it. <Yeah.
1: laughs> I wish these were in colored.
2: <laughs> what I love,
0: too, that they say, cash will charge. And he goes,
2: oh, gosh, cash, I guess. I mean, it's not deductible, is it? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, uh, and when he mentions the green eyes, mm-hmm. the woman who is the madam, I guess, goes mm-hmm. back to some secret room with a secret button, and there is Mao Yin tied up on a bed. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure why she's tied up, but it doesn't matter. Um, they're getting nervous in the car. It's been too long. We should go in. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is in a room. He's gotten a girl. He's having a nice conversation with her that's mm-hmm. getting more and more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like an earthquake. Yeah. And there is green light over the building, and everybody's freaking out bed starts shaking ceiling explodes lightning comes in and in comes the character of lightning Mm -hmm. to uh grab the girl and um and i love the lightning bolts coming off his hands as he again these are these are the 80 special effects you know this is this is what we had going for us
2: his lightning special effects are pretty fucking good pretty cool like i mean yeah they are really great he rides the lightning well like it's incredible
0: and Jack goes off to the rescue because he is the hero. Right. And there is, I think it's Rain standing there. And I love, he lifts up the hat, punches the guy in the face. No reaction. It
3: happens.
0: Punches him again. No reaction. <laughs> he nods. Okay. Puts the hat back down. <laughs> and then gets knocked across the room. And lightning uh, frees Yin, flies away. There's a big explosion. There's a lot of purple smoke. And we are back to Gracie's apartment. Jack is a bit upset
1: Green Explosions People flying in and out That was not real I want to talk to the cops I want my truck back now Where the hell am I? My office, sit down
0: which you sleep in your office?
1: And there's another mo- moment in the movie where he just re-explains everything that yeah, just happened. Yeah, this is everything that just happened. <laughs> in case you fell asleep, here's everything that just happened. Which, again,
0: is this is how these movies work. Yeah. This is why it's True. a great, loving satire of these movies. <laughs> because better screenwriting would bury this exposition. But no, no, no. We're yeah. going to explain it all. By the way, uh, Kurt Russell apparently had a 104 fever when he was shooting this scene. Oh, wow. And he was really sick. Oof. Um, I can't. You know, there are all these stories... When I have 104 fever, I don't want to do anything. I can't go to work. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) if it was like John called and, like, Steve, we have to do the podcast right now, I don't know. I don't know how I would do it. Um, uh, (laughs) Kirk gets a a, a nice glass of milk. (laughs) He gets thrown into a recliner. Um, And and, and the milk is key because, again, they're undermining him as a hero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, continually, uh, we get more exposition about David Lopin, the godfather of Little China.
1: You mean the David Lopan that's chairman of the National Orient Bank and owns the Wing Kong Import Export Trading Company but who's so reclusive that no one's even laid eyes on this guy in years?
0: Um, And this is where we have your favorite line.
1: Oh, this is just so shocking. I mean, I must just be so monumentally naive. <laughs> you <laughs> you are. are. She's kind of the audience's perspective, yep. though, watching this movie. She's the observer of everything that's happening. And it's
2: believable, too, because she's, yeah. like, Gracie Law is trying to tell this yeah. story. She's been trying to tell the story apparently for a yeah. while. Yeah. And can't get anybody yeah. to believe her. And this, this and essentially young cub reporter, so to speak, who's trying to make her and the bones Berkeley
1: People's Herald <laughs> for the Berkeley People's No Wages. Such Paper. Like, <laughs> but how do you how do you make a paper sound so just like unimportant? It's, right, it's right. Just like...
2: And it's brilliant because you, you, we see that all, in all these small towns here in, in Los Angeles, the Tolucan Times, yeah. like you just well, this see used to be.
0: I mean, it's most of those papers are going out of business now. Yeah. But yeah. they used to be; they were very important. Um, they, we, we talk about Pan. he's got his headquarters, and, and Gracie says...
3: The Wing Kong Exchange, the most dangerous cutthroat den of madmen in Chinatown.
1: You can't just waltz in and out of there like...
0: Like the wind. Yes, I can, Miss Law. My mind and my spirits are as one.
2: As two, I said I was coming.
0: Uh. And then after uh, Wang comes up with a plan, then Jack leaves us with the John Wayne, which is...
1: Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning, and if we're not back by dawn... Call the president.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Rarely, in film, there are certain actors that will you'll just enjoy them doing these things, and he is so great. Because there's a there's a rhythm and there's a sound to his yeah. voice that just works all around when he gets in. Like, in, in Overboard, in The Best of Times, he has these moments where he has these comedians, like, all right, let's just... And you just go along with it because you love it. But you know, in The Thing... Or escape from New York, it's a whole other ball game. The way so he can do the comedic nature of he could he could turn a phrase that would be really powerful and badass,
0: and he can find the comedy in it as well when he needs to in certain films. And I think that's amazing. Well, about I Kurt think Russell. the thing where we I, for the most part where I love him the most is where he is clearly having fun with a peculiar kind of character yeah. mm-hmm. and yes. in the thing he's this guy who's a little bit on the outside he's you know drinking he's got this whole other agenda that's just thrown into being the leader yeah. Snake Pliskin yeah. is just an insane yeah. character you yes. know and even talking about Guardians of the Galaxy like yeah. that's where he's having a good time
1: mm-hmm. is right. where
0: it's not he's not just playing a straight up romantic lead it's always coming in at a weird angle he's a uh,
1: quotable actor
0: absolutely
1: this is gonna take Cracker Jack timing Wang. Total concentration. You ready, Jack? I was born ready.
0: They're not ready. No. This <laughs> no. is they have no plan. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally just walking into a place. <laughs> it's just where we know it's filled with guns and demons and magic, and, you know, okay, here we go in. Uh, they just talk their way right past security with.
1: You're holding sh- phones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh,. And they go to the through some door. Where's that central yeah, like, line that in the place? But again, they, think
3: they should be saying, <laughs> no, right? This is it's again, this is the, this right? is yeah. the
0: classic, yeah. uh, like bad action movie stuff. Like, yeah. we're just yes. gonna pretend to be, they don't even look like any kind of maintenance guys. They're no. just gonna take, like, oh, we gotta take care of the phone line, the conduit is gotta, and they just make up some stuff. I have a student, by the way, uh, who's doing like his movie was about astronomers and, and they, they, he just had them talk science babble for like a page. Yeah. And I went, what are they talking about? He said, well, I thought they're scientists. They should say sciencey things. I'm like, do you understand any of the things that they said? He's like, no. I'm like, that's because none of this made sense. <laughs> is this a
2: college
1: age yeah. person? Yeah. Said, <laughs> what?
0: Listen, film school is not, you, it's not easy.
1: You sound <laughs> like an expert at whatever you're playing. And like in the world of improv comedy is like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a paleontologist. But if I say a lot of things like, that sound really smart. Yes. You'll believe me as an audience member <laughs> Well, except
0: except where I, where I slightly disagree Is that the whole thing that makes improv funny Is that we know that you're improvising that. right? So right. some of the joy yeah. is coming from the fact It does, of course it's not No, <laughs> that that, you yeah, know, you're in on the, on yeah. the joke yeah. That, yeah. Like right. things that would And this is just so hard to explain to people sometimes is like something that was really funny mm-hmm. In an improv situation Won't actually be funny in a movie right. Where mm-hmm. we're, they're not We don't have that expectation That they're improvising it in the moment it's a it, improv is just such a completely unique experience to watch because mm-hmm. you're watching it on like three levels mm-hmm. you know anyway but again we digress <laughs> <laughs> because they're now in uh the worst den of evil whatever it is in chinatown and uh they find a, a door that says keep out like okay let's go through there we cut back to the restaurant and now we have egg shen talking to dan to dad and he's sort of the local mystic. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, we're gathering our strength. Okay. Um, um, they see so, um, some tracks in the dust on the floor, two people dragging a third. That must be where they took Mao Yin. Uh, they find a secret door. And there's a little bit of confusion about whether or not they actually found it or it found them. They go into an elevator. Um. The elevator is going downwards. The elevator stops.
1: Well, it's the first elevator... In the movie, but there's multiple times that they're in an elevator and they all are going down Down. instead of up. So by the time you get to the end of it, he goes, I know, it's an elevator and it only goes down. (laughs)
0: Look, Chinatown is deep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's underground. Deep, deep underground. (laughs) Um, We're back with Egg Shen. Mm -hmm. He has this interesting things uh, where he's sort of talking about Chinese philosophy as this smorgasbord, Mm -hmm. I guess. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, and I love, but I do love this line, Lopean. What is he? A ghost in place of being a man? Mm. I like that line. I think that's a good, mm-hmm. that's a good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to get at the elevator. Yeah. Let's go up to the top. We'll climb up the cables. Yeah. We'll get the hell out of here. I think it's dawning on Jack that this maybe wasn't such a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> and They're standing in the elevator, and what happens? Water starts pouring in. You
1: think you let us walk in and out like the wind? Yes, I thought that was your whole damn point.
0: Um, they manage to pry the elevator doors open. Mm-hmm. They swim out past a whole bunch of skeletons, it is apparently the hell of the upside down sinners. I I like that David Lopan built all this weird shit at the bottom of his, <laughs> of his building. Because I always think about things like construction costs and contractors, and sure. there's a lot of stuff to build underground.
1: There's a lot of hells there.
0: That's well, a lot of hells. <laughs> um, and who is standing right above them but Rain, and they are captured. And immediately tortured. And, and Rain apparently can like blow up little Nerf balls and hit Jack from a distance. For no, for no reason at all.
2: <laughs> Absolutely no reason. I was always
0: all. terrified of Nerf balls from my from, <laughs> that's point forward. Who ever heard of Chinese Nerf ball torture? Who ever heard of that? Well, that's, if you were a real scholar, you would know, <laughs> fair, you would know about fair. it. Um, and they got them strapped into wheelchairs. They take them away. And mm-hmm. let's go to meet Lopan. All right, we've mentioned him already, but we need to give some really big respect to James Hong.
2: Love, yeah. love him.
0: He's Yeah.
1: He's incredible. He a friend of mine wrote a parody song called David Lopan style to Gungum Skyle when it was really oh. it when it was uh, you know, right when the, that song came out. And he just decided to reach out to James Hong to ask him if he would be in it, and he just said yes.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Uh, like wow. just
1: on a whim. And he said he was the nicest guy that he just he he loves this character and he loved that this film and it's still so important to him
2: i saw him two years ago at comic-con do a retrospective Mm. on big trouble Mm -hmm. and i I, we i don't know for whatever reason i was in there and he was coming out and we got to meet him old man in the wheelchair Mm. blah 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 Uh, but incredibly gracious Mm. so nice and then i found out later that he was one of the founding members of east west players Mm. which is a huge theater company here in los angeles for asian american Mm -hmm. actors doing plays not just asian american plays Right, all kinds of plays and musicals casting Asian
0: American actors, and it's fantastic. Or, Asian what, what I found out about him that I didn't know he started acting, he's he's uh born in the US yeah. and yeah. he started acting yeah. in yeah. World War II doing USO shows mm-hmm. as Al Jolson in blackface.
3: What, what?
0: yes, <laughs> not, not Hirohito, not Emperor nope. Hirohito or something, he, he was doing an Al, Al Jolson, Jolson bit, But huh. Maybe that's he did not other not stuff ever. too. And sure. this is you know, I, I mean, so this is the thing. You got to love working actors, like actors mm-hmm. who are just, they're not stars. They're going to just keep doing it and doing it. And everyone who I've met who's been around and paid their dues, they're just nice, you know, mm-hmm. because it's its a very tough job. And to do it over, you know, 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And yeah. and apparently he loved this role yeah. and he just chews it up. What he does, I think you take him out of the movie and this is not a Oh, it, not at all. He is so great. Yeah. And his – because he gets the sense of humor. And this is the thing about doing comedy, which is, of course, you know, is that you have to do it 100% serious mm-hmm. and it, and also know how it's funny. And that's a very complicated thing to do that he does perfectly. Mm-hmm. And this scene is so great and so quotable. Um, So here's here's the thing I have to bring up about this. So I quoted this movie endlessly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when all of our friends in the 80s and 90s quoted this film, we did the accent. <laughs> And I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, you know, there's that documentary, The Trouble with Apu, that's just come oh, out, yeah. Oh, yeah. which I still haven't oh, seen, they're but they're I really right. want to see. Yeah. And if if I did an Indian accent, I did Hank Azaria doing a completely non realistic Indian accent. Mm-hmm. And now that I have so many Indian students, I can tell like, no, that actually has nothing to do. That is the cliche of this. And then I would do James Hong doing Lo Pan doing this Chinese accent, and I'm kind of going like, if I put on an accent, maybe that's kind of not cool it's different if you're doing you're imitating someone who's doing it in a movie it's
2: no different than if you do the john wayne accent you're imitating mm-hmm. john wayne's kind of thing or you're doing a hillbilly accent
0: you're i I'm a white guy
2: well well okay sure so if i started doing but,
0: cheech marin yes from one of
2: his yeah. films
0: then there's no problem
2: you're
1: imitating the way yeah. that somebody said something it's a yeah. voice inflection
2: Okay. If you walk up to a Chinese person and start doing Chinese yeah. to him like that,
1: that's yeah. racist. Not Oh, doing so, lines I should, from- so I Ooh. should stop
2: that. <laughs> well, yes. Oh my probably, yes. <laughs> By the way, can I tell you that? Can I tell you the, do you know the the Transformers story I with do. Michael? This is an insane story. And I'll tell you for, for our listeners real quick, diatribe because you brought it up. Um, a few years ago... This we is were Michael Vogel on,
0: we're talking about, who's been on the Cinephiles right. many times. He's
2: been on Cinephiles a few times. He's exe- he, At the time, he's executive of Hasbro in charge of Transformers. So it's a big deal because Transformers is coming back. It's an animated series at that time, and G.I. Joe at the same time. We're all in an elevator. Michael has got us a suite. i you all... were there for this. I, I only yeah. heard about oh, yeah
3: them.
2: Yeah, we were all in the elevator, and... We're going down because we start. We start talking about something. There's an Asian American. There's an Asian lady on there with her child, and the six, seven of us are on there, and we start talking and start giving Michael shit about Transformers and busting his balls Mm -hmm. about like just because he's going to be doing the panel and he's going to be leading it, and so we're just kind of, and so we start doing like, well, we start maybe we should walk in and start doing a, and so we're making the noises of transforming into Transformers. Mm -hmm. What happens later? When we get off the elevator and we leave, because we're all doing the noises, like imitating like we remember from the 80s, the sounds that you would hear when they transformed in the 80s. So we're we're all leaving, we'll go off and do our things. The next day, Michael gets a call from his boss and he says... Hey, were you on an elevator with blah blah blah? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Is it like, well? Last night, were you going down the elevator with a bunch of your friends? And he's like, Oh yeah, we were going down to the. And she's like, He's like, Well, she has filed a complaint with HR because she was the she's the wife of of one of the executives of one of the studios, and she said all these guys were on this elevator and they they were making these. Uh, Chinese noises making fun of me going ching-chong, ching-chong. And so it was a whole thing. And Michael had to reach out and write a letter. It was a whole insane thing. Uh, But it was just a complete misunderstanding because we were doing transformer noises. And so it's really important to be aware of these kinds of things. But it taught us a lesson in the elevator. Like, okay, we need to be more aware of our surroundings and respect just in case. You should never know because we can always do that someplace else without having to offend somebody on accident. And so I think it's you know so I think it's different when you're doing it on purpose versus on accident well, or, or you do are you imitating someone from a movie who is doing an accent that's
0: different because because in a way you're paying an homage to that person. But this is the th- I mean this is the thing and then again we digress. Yeah. But the but the but it's sort of cinephile it should, like should be the subtitle the cinephile. The cinephiles. <laughs> the cinephiles. But, we digress. But what we digress <laughs> um, is is that people can't read your intent. You know what I mean, awesome. and this is one of the really important things: is that is that someone who doesn't know you, they don't know where you come from, they don't know your background, they don't know that the way you think or the way you feel. Yeah. All they've heard is this one snippet right. of you doing yep. that thing, right. and they don't know what you're bringing to it. And mm-hmm. and and again, like we started out, I would never say if you're offended by something, that's your experience. You know, um, sure. and and this is a this is the complicated thing about living in the time that we live in. Yeah, you know, mm. sometimes it's hard to figure out. That being said. I love (laughs) James Hong and I'm not debating whether or not I'm going to, because the other thing that's happened now that I've talked about doing this accent is that now if I do it, it kind of has to be, it's going to be judged and I don't know that I can pull that off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things um, that's really interesting, by the way, who does Lopan talk to in this scene? He talks to Jack. Yeah. He talks to the white guy. Yeah. Because he is also reinforcing this idea that only the white guy could be the hero.
3: Mm.
0: You know, that why would he why would he ever talk to this idiot? You know, mm. it's like, no, the guy who is going to marry the woman that you want to marry is Wang. Mm-hmm. He speaks Chinese. He knows about all this. He should be talking to him, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and we find out that he is both the 7-foot tall mystical guy that Jack ran over and this tiny old frail guy in a wheelchair. Oh god. That's such a great with the
2: wheel. That's
1: so great. Fucking that old man's crippled body.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's unsettling. It reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the grandfather sitting oh, at the that table.
1: That's a that's
2: great what it
0: reminds comparison. Me.
3: Right?
2: Like, that's what, immediately what I thought when I saw it again, I was like, oh, oh.
0: Yeah. And it's, ugh, it's and unsettling. Red, and, red skin. And Jack's <laughs> trying to figure it out, and he says, I don't get it, and James Hong says, you are not brought upon this earth to get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a
0: was great. That good? That
1: is a great, yes. that is a great line see? in this movie, too. Look, we came here to see David Lopan. all right? ah, David Lopan. And you have succeeded mr burton what you i don't get this at all i thought Lil pan up, mr burton you are not brought upon this world to get it get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> um such a dismissal <laughs> um and, and he goes on this long monologue about the mysteries of the universe and jack's response is are you crazy is that your problem <laughs> 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 what, what, one of the interesting things about the writing in this movie Is getting a line just slightly wrong And that is what makes it funny Are you yeah. crazy is that your problem Is a strange line mm-hmm. And it's make And and, and, then, and then again this is what James Hong does He goes oh my problem is this place This place is my tomb mm-hmm. It's a lovely mm-hmm. He knows how to deliver that monologue as well um, and, and we get this information That what he has to do Is he has to marry this person Yes and then he has to sacrifice this. So he has to marry it to please the, the emperor. And then he has to sacrifice it to please the god or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, he's satisfying a demon to keep him alive. It's basically what keeps him immortal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> To which Jax's
1: response is... You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! The- or check into a psycho ward, whichever comes first, huh? <laughs> or check into a psycho ward, whichever comes first, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um
0: it's great. But
2: this is but that's that's great isn't it though? I mean that's what's so fun about that banter because He's doing that American thing of undercutting because it's very serious. Like James Wong, the character Lopin is very serious. He's, he's even—you could argue—he's being even being vulnerable in this he moment by saying, like, "I'm stuck in this tomb, this place. I have to get out of this place." And is like, hey, "You're crazy or something?" Is It's <laughs> so brilliantly done because you, at the same time, while you're respecting this great performance by James Hong, you're also respecting Kurt Russell's uh, comedic timing to say that at the yeah. right time,
0: and it does not take away from either one of them, which is yeah. great. And then we see that uh, Gracie and and Eddie, and what's the reporter's name? Margo. Margo. We're all in the building on security monitors, to which Lopan's response is, now this really pisses me off to no end. <laughs> This great, yeah. great. Kid. I now, that
1: you already <laughs> forgot her name, which just reinforces my point. That there's no reason for her. <laughs> um,
0: now, this really pisses me off to no end. Oh. Is a that per- is a perfectly hilarious line. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, uh, and they're trying to get a tour. Can someone give us a tour? Yeah. And who comes up but uh, Thunder? Mm-hmm. He can help them. He barely spoke English, oh. by
3: the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: really? By this time, oh, at yeah, this very, point. very, very little English. And they get into this elevator, and while he's giving the tour, gas comes up, and they all pass out. Door th- door opens, and Thunder walks out of the elevator with them all unconscious. Jack, Jack, and Wang again back in their wheelchairs are in some weird metal box. Uh, And Jack, this is probably his most successfully heroic thing he does. Uh, yeah, which is he rocks back and forth. And he yeah. gets his uh, knife out of his boot because mm-hmm. you got if you got boot like moccasins, which I think he bought in Aspen, by the way. Uh, Kurt Russell did for his son. Oh, for, it was that, yeah, it
1: was for his son. For so his son, his son, has- son no. had just seen the film, like had gotten old enough to the point where he'd seen the film, and they were in Aspen, and he oh, bought him. He bought him the, and and it's the same, but it was the same style of moccasin that he wore in the movie. Oh, those are some
0: <laughs> Pulls out a knife. They free himself. They're trying to figure out where they are and what to do. And then um, they hear footsteps. They run back into the wheelchair. They put blindfolds on. In walks Thunder, who brings Eddie in, hangs him up on the hook on the wall. Jack jumps on his back, knife to the throat. You make one move, <laughs> does not work out well. <laughs> he gets pushed off of them. Um, And then he jumps on him again. Don't make me kill you, tough guy. And then Wang and uh, Eddie are like, all right, let's get out of here. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to let go, which is a kind of smart problem to have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Because what do I do? Do I kill him? And then thunder starts to expand.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Basically, uh, some strange thing that we're going to see later in a really cheesy special effect. Um mm-hmm. Jack flies off of him into the wheelchairs goes speeding backwards down this steep steep ramp and almost falls into a well. Uh the ramp's flat. It's not downhill. Um it's just an op- it's just a it's forced perspective and a, a dutch camera angle that makes you feel and the 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 uh, wheelchairs being pulled on a cable on a track. Uh, but it looks great. Yeah. 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 And I love he hit He hits the well and like the little wall kind of stops the wheelchair and he's teetering over and then he slowly lifts himself back up and wheels himself very gently (laughs) away from the well which makes no sense, right? It defies the, the all the physics. Yeah, totally. Totally don't work at all. You're
2: pulling the wheel towards you, you're logically going to go over. It just makes no sense.
0: And honestly, you're you're on one large wheel angled off a thing. Yeah. you fall, there's nothing keeping you from falling at this moment. Don't you're on try a this wheel. At home. Yeah. Um we get some guns, we do a very funny little gun trade yeah. of who wants to get what gun. I think Jack ends up with the Uzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's so good with guns. Mm. Um <laughs> because he wants to be the hero too. Uh Lopan hears that they've escaped. He turns back into the mystical seven foot Lopan, kind of floats across the room and see sees Mao Yin. Tries to touch her, his hands go through her. Mm-hmm. And we see this thing of, oh, he's not flesh. He's some mm-hmm. which is weird to me by the way, because when Jack hit him with the truck.
1: He goes down.
0: He clearly hit something. He didn't go through right. him. Yes,
1: he clearly hit something. It's almost like it's <laughs> almost like this movie is
0: not consistent.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Um How dare you. Um they we, we see where the where Gracie and the other people are being held, Wang goes, Okay, let's go. It's clear. It's not clear, immediately No fight, and Wang could fight which mm-hmm. Dennis Dunn did train in kung fu he actually trained in chinese opera as well he's a theater guy grew up in stockton um and uh he he moves really well and uh, yes some of it is clearly a stunt man but he moves really well mm-hmm. fun to watch uh jack wants to open fire doesn't know about the safety <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when he's, he's struggling with the safety and finally it comes off and the weapon goes off on full auto and just wipes him out and Jack is a bit stunned. <laughs> first time
3: you ever plug somebody?
1: Of
0: course not. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the first time. <laughs> and, and by the way, I was thinking about this. So the idea that Jack is in fact the sidekick.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A mm-hmm. sidekick winning a battle or a moment by accident is again a normal trope. That's yeah. something you see all the time in movies. Mm-hmm. They slip on something, knock something over, and knock someone out.
1: Which that. is exactly what he does, almost entirely and throughout over the movie. And over again. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, so we're gonna. Uh, so Margot, mm-hmm. I love that she is writing her uh, her novel, I'm
1: writing her her, her story. story. I gotta get a story <laughs> yeah. anyway. I can.
0: All has become strange, a world so unreal, and yet at once so frightening. I, I love writing. Good writers who can write bad writing well. Yeah, that is really good. I
1: think it's Kate Burton being so dramatic and theatrical, and yeah. I get you know I can't think of a time where she's really comedic, but that drama mm. makes her this funny little. Piece no, she's of this. she's
0: funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Wang's playing. He's got a gun to Eddie, and he's bringing him in to you know. And this is the sort of I've got a hostage. You have to do what I say. Right. This makes no sense. The, they're both prisoners. Yeah. It's like and at the same time Jack, you know, is is climbing along on the bridge underneath, they get attacked by two women who have some weird smoke staff thing. I don't know, strange. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Right? All of a sudden yeah.
2: you have these female martial artists yeah. and they're like down there protecting the jail in essence and I was like surprised by this because they actually hit these women so I was the like full well, punch in yeah. the face. And by the yeah. way, this
0: has one of the clichés that I genuinely don't like, which is mm-hmm. the one solid punch in the face and you are now unconscious right you yeah. know like fight 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 one punch out mm-hmm. you know and that's that's something and cuz it gets used multiple times in this film and i you mm-hmm. know it's something that i don't like so much
2: I mean, in in one way it's
0: respectful that you
2: have these women fighting yeah. equal toe to toe with these men, but then another way it's weird because they both
0: lose and they get knocked out by these men. So it's just like it's just kind of weird watching it with 2018 eyes. You know, um, they they all escape. They run out to someplace where they have to jump into the water. Which maybe that's the hell of the upside down skeletons. I'm not entirely sure. Um, there are a couple of people dive in the water. Then mm-hmm. Jack <laughs> is getting ready. He gets accidentally knocked in the water. <laughs> <And> then Kim <laughs> Cattrall goes have big prep to dive. It's a real belly flop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 white people are clearly the least cool people in this yeah. in this movie. Uh they're swimming through some pipe and and there's this Gracie keeps looking, pulls up people, looks for Jack. Jack? 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 Oh yeah. Jack? Have you seen Jack? Have you mm-hmm. seen Jack? No, no, no. And then up pops Jack and he immediately kisses her. <laughs> what was that? How's that that for? Hey, sorry, sorry. I'm just thrilled to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> like you do well and this brings up something that I remember you brought up when we did the Terminator which is why do people in death defined situations stop whatever they're doing to then have a romantic moment all the time in and movies this is making fun of that exact yeah. thing
1: but he explains it he's thrilled right. to be alive thrill-
0: <laughs> do you think that's why he did it yes no, no I don't it, think it, so it's,
1: no it plays into like the entire there has yeah. to be some sort of romance in this between yeah. the two of them mm-hmm. or this whole kind of dynamic doesn't necessarily work yeah but is this a sidekick romance is that <laughs> oh, how a sidekick
2: would kiss That's a good point I thought that's what that. i wonder about because i think there are there are absolutely he's a sidekick and later on when we have this big main fight and he's stuck with that dude with the knife yeah. stuck to his body which i love uh <laughs> you you he has a lot of moments that are psychic moments but then he does have this well, these occasional moments where he is the someone movie is heroic, framing so him as I the wonder. hero yeah I mean, this yeah what's yeah, yeah. so weird about yeah it, you know so maybe it allows you to have his so maybe he's allowed to have the occasional yeah. heroic
0: moment but overall well, it's he's part of
1: this framework if he didn't do something like that would he truly yeah. even be considered as the hero and he, he,
0: right he is acting like the hero
1: yes. yeah yes. is that is in his mind, mind right.
0: he's the hero and so the hero should get the girl mm-hmm. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, And let's be real clear. All of us are the hero of our story in our mind. That's how we walk around. Mm. Some people are the supervillain. But mostly we're the hero.
2: But we digress. digress.
0: (laughs) 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 Hashtag, but we digress. Jack goes up the ladder through the trapdoor where they entered. um, Somehow... Oh, and I love Jack's like from here it gets normal, you know. And he has this whole speech about everything. You know, it's a couple of false front. We just walk out. It's going to be no problem. <laughs> Open up a door. We might be trapped. <laughs> Guys start punching through the door. We go. Just everybody hide. They only saw Jack. And uh, yeah, I love, that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. They only saw Jack. <laughs> um, and he, go- he 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 fires through the door. Um, and then I don't know if the gun jams or he runs out of ammo. So he goes over to get his knife. He has a lot of problems getting that knife out. And the whole time he's having the problems. Wang fights off all the guys. Yeah. Uh, and again, a little fun fight scene. I don't think we're ever going to be at the level of that first fight scene in Chinatown, no. but this one is not. It's a nice little fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally he gets the knife. He jumps up and goes, ha. ha! And, all <laughs> and, everything is and over. everybody is, it's all over. <laughs> And Wang, just time to go.
3: But at no
2: point is he aware of how stupid... No. Like, that's what's great about him. At no point is Jack Burton aware that he is completely inadequate in so many different situations. It's like, he takes the moment, oh, I can't stab it. Any... All right, good, let's yeah. move on to the next no, thing. Like, it's he's never aware. It's another aware. quick
0: digression, and I can't remember the name of the test, good. but there's a, th- a new scientific theory, which essentially is, is your ability to judge your skill level at something is based on your skill level at that thing. So... So, for instance, your ability to judge how good a driver you are is based on how good a driver you are. Great drivers are very, very clear of exactly how good a driver they are. Terrible Uh drivers have no ability to judge how good a driver they are, so they think they can think they're great. Because you need skills within a skill set to understand Mm -hmm. how to judge that skill set. So the more stupid you are, the less able you are to know how stupid you are.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And that is Jack Burton. And this is a real scientific theory with data that has been developed over the last many years, and it is really a true thing.
2: That's how you become president, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead.
0: But we digress. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, They're about to get out. They walk by this weird statue. A couple of uh, red eyeballs pop out of the statue.
1: (laughs) Because why not (laughs) at this point?
0: (laughs) And a weird, crazy, and Gracie looks back to see it, and a weird, hairy, crazy arm comes and grabs her and pulls her out of the way. Oh, my gosh. And
1: this is like that thing where where John Carpenter had said that he was trying to ease people into it. I feel like at this point, enough crazy stuff has happened (laughs) that we just... Except the hairy arm. Yeah. Stealing the girl. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And we're not even done no.
1: yet.
0: No. We're not fucking done this is yet. Where it
1: gets real weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they jump in uh, Egg Shen's bus who's waiting for them. Yep. Security opens fires. They drive away. Everyone's excited. We made it. Holy shit. We made it. Place Miao Ying? Inside. Somewhere inside. Where's Gracie? And then we cut to Gracie <laughs> being carried down carried down some hallway by a really weird, hairy, silly creature.
2: Some kind of Chinese Asian legend. I mean Chinese legend uh, creature or
0: something. Like I don't, I'm assuming. I think I don't we've know. left the realm of anything. Yeah. Can, oh, okay. okay. now fair, we're in fair.
1: someone's imagination. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some sort of demon. Yeah, just a um, like creature. <laughs> uh she gets tied up, st- the storms come in. Lopan enters, he's got the wheelchair. He reaches out his fingers to him, she bites at his fingers. You know, Gracie has green eyes,
1: eyes of creamy jade.
0: Apparently, <laughs> eyes of creamy jade. <laughs> and and we're back to the restaurant, and we're talking, and and mm-hmm. uh, um, they're saying Jack, you should call the police. And what does Jack say?
3: Cops
1: got better things to do than get killed.
0: He's kind of signed on. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. does he like being a hero? Like, what? What is his motivation think, at this point? I think point?
1: this is back to the sidekick hero thing. Is there are so many films where all this the sidekick's not into it, and then all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. The sidekick has a moment of heroism and is part of it. Yeah, as, and is a hero in themselves.
0: Yeah, that's right. You're right. Uh, Eggshen comes in. Uh, we hear that. Uh, <laughs> we hear that uh, Eddie has a crush on, crush on Margot, um, and it's time to get going.
2: Which is so when random, is but-, but it's great. <laughs> Because Margot
1: gets the love.
2: <laughs> it's just so random. Like it Like let's just throw this
0: in there yes. too.
1: And I'm just like, yes. and this okay. is why. Like, I, but it works. It's
0: well, it's interesting with both Margot and Eddie. I really don't know why either of them are in the movie.
1: They're there to. They're there to fall in love. <laughs> but I like them a lot. Yeah, and they great. Actually,
0: and, and it's funny. They're the like Eddie seems like a perfectly normal c- yeah. human. You know,
1: they're like the audience.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Somewhere, some somewhere. There's two other cameras. And there's a
2: whole nother big trouble, little China movie with those two as and the star. I would
1: watch that wow. every day. <laughs> oh, <okay. I> absolutely,
2: <laughs> would
0: watch that version.
1: Oh, I'm gonna get a perm now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. You should. Thank uh, you. <laughs> we go. We go. Um, all the all of our gang goes off with Egg because mm-hmm. it's time to go off on our on the real mission. Of course, yes. the first one was just sort of useless, and now we're yeah. going on the real thing. We're back to Gracie, and uh, she finds Mao floating. Uh, and there's weird mystical, you know, low pan magic in sort of a dreamlike world. That's I think, yeah, yeah, pretty fun sort of fantasy ish stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, we're walking with our heroes. Egg is apparently going the wrong way. The rain is pouring down and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Jack's trying to hold Egg's umbrella and, and Wang is just watching in the rain and I walking in the rain. I love the line.
1: A brave man likes the feel of nature on his face, Jack. Yeah, and a wise man has enough sense of getting out of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I I love the wizard character. Like yeah. that's a yeah. great archetype, and, and Egg Shen is a great one. Mm. Uh they go into Egg's uh place of business, which is like a Chinese medicine shop. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's got a fireman's pole that goes down into the tunnels of Chinatown, as you do.
1: There are so many places like that in Chinatown, too, where you just walk in and there's just random things. So I remember being a kid going to San Francisco for the first time, walking into one. And my mom was like, just whatever you want, just pick something small. Mm -hmm. And I bought like a dried up seahorse. Because they told wow. me it had some sort of like healing power. Maybe that's why I love this movie is it's my childhood <laughs> dried up seahorse. What did you do with the seahorse? I don't know. I don't remember. Did you eat it? I didn't eat it. I get weird <laughs> weird eating things. No, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, pork buns, though. <laughs> I, it's my one of my favorite foods. I had a pork bun two days oh, ago. The, uh, yeah. Barbecued pork bun? Barbecued oh, pork oh, buns are best.
1: literally the greatest. Yeah. I ate nothing but pork buns and chicken when I was in China.
0: <laughs> wow. What are pork buns? I have no oh, idea. Oh, I'll take you. Oh, okay. So you never to get them the right, way Dad, that they have them in San Francisco.
1: I agree. Oh, yeah, there's there was a the place mar- the Ferry Market building.
0: Oh, uh, there's the, there's a Clement Street restaurant on 4th uh, and Clement that has okay. like the best in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. Um, I have never had pork but other than in China and in San Francisco. Oh. LA pork ones are lame.
0: Okay. <gasps> Listen. I I so I apologize to like big... the entire San Gabriel Valley. <laughs> I'm sorry, Los Angeles. But we digress. Yes. <laughs> um, so we go down into these tunnels, and and up with Lopan, there's some weird, crazy ceremony where the uh, three storms are doing kind of martial arts forms with yeah. their weapons in front of uh, Gracie and Mao, Mao, and they're going to hold this sword and float up into the air. This is taming the flaming blade or something. And yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a preparation for what's to come.
0: Yeah, um, and they get brought up to the to the roof, and they touch some statue, and there's weird lightning. Um, and and that's when Lopan says, "I'm gonna marry both women." Yeah, that's the plan. Down in the tunnels, some weird thing comes out of a a hole in the wall and grabs one of the guys. There was some kind of dragon or something and ate him. Oh. It ate him.
3: It ate one of the guys. Oh.
0: Um, Egg Shen throws something that explodes with smoke and says, you will come out no more. Jack says, what? What will come out no more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this is where Jack is the odd. Because that's what I would say. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> and they just walk on. Yep. They don't care. <laughs> um, and then we're back with Gracie and, and uh, and Mao, and there's this moment where Gracie's awake for a moment, and then lightning comes in and does something, and their eyes go white, mm-hmm. uh, which was very creepy to me. Mm-hmm. Um now we get to go down a slide with Jack and the guy, and we land on a bunch of a big pile of fish. Yes. And some dude bites the head off a fish, <laughs> <laughs> offers it to Jack later later. 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 Um and now we get to another line that I quoted for years, which again, I think this is a very important. This is a good. You're directing and something goes wrong. You're on a road trip and something goes wrong.
1: And now for some more bad news. Ready?
0: And this is where we hear all about uh, marrying one woman and kill the other. Mm -hmm. And they have to wait till he's married because only then can we kill him. But Mm -hmm. if he's married, then that will be too late because he's married. He's flesh. He's flesh. flesh. (laughs) All right. It's time for the wedding. And we're in this grand hall. This set is silly as hell. Oh my god,
1: I love it though It's the neon
0: A neon yeah. skull <laughs> with a, so a neon wow. skull with an escalator coming out of its mouth Yes <laughs> It's really, really no silly No Chinese tradition at all No, we're, this is full 80s Yeah <laughs>
3: This is
0: really silly And our guys are now being followed by a giant floating eye Which was the most difficult special effect <laughs> That's the moment that I, like this is the most unusual <laughs> But it's just, just for our listeners out there yeah. Roka just stood up.
2: <laughs> it's the most unsettling part of the movie. This <laughs> Are you gonna walk out the random door? Random <laughs> thing with with eyes and the, like it's just so weird. And eyes
0: on its tongue yeah.
2: coming out of its all tongue. I want to do. All I want to do is stab it and kill it. <laughs> and so like when I'm watching it talk, and it's like and the fact that the eye like moves left to right and is kind of you're just like I to stop doing what yeah. you're doing. It's so, it's so unsettling. Like
1: labyrinth, dark crystal, cool. like you know, yeah. it's
2: yeah. awesome looking. <laughs> <laughs> and as you. I, I'm, I can handle the weird gargantuan mini gargantuan yeah. gorilla thing. I cannot handle the floating fucking eye man. It's but this is this this
1: like this is the third weird thing, and it's the weirdest of the three, right? We had the weird, you know, Bigfoot guy, and then we had yeah. the yeah. dragon monster under the, like, yeah. G- yeah. And now it's like, yeah, okay. There's a big floating <laughs> yeah. blob of skin and eyeballs. Yeah, and that's, that's
0: what fine. is definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. And as you say, Lopan speaks to him out of it. Yeah. and Can see through it and sees that these people are there. Uh, Jack shoots it, which and which doesn't hurt it and goes, Oh, you never know till you'll try.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my favorite line of his. You never know until you yeah. try. <laughs> and, it.
0: and here's the thing. I think Lopan makes a terrible blunder here. Mm-hmm. It's like, listen, if I were about to, after 2,000 years of not being flesh, we're right at the verge of being uh able to fulfill this whole dream. And if I've ever watched a movie, I would know that this is the moment where the heroes are gonna show up. Right. And look, the heroes just showed up. I would mm-hmm. send everybody to kill them. Mm-hmm. But he goes, sure. ah, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is, seems like a big mistake. <laughs> um, find an elevator, because we, there's a screen, it's hollow. And this is this is where you say, I know it's an elevator and it, it only goes, goes down. down. Yeah, Time for the medicine. <laughs> I love that Egg Egg Shen ends up behind a bar putting out shot glasses. Yeah. As you do. Uh, And and they they, they say cheers, and and Jack goes,
2: Uh, This does what again, uh, exactly? Huge buzz. (laughs)
0: Uh, And you can see things no one else can see. You can do things no one else can do. It's so funny, because Jack is just barely holding on at this point. And then they make this very patriotic toast.
3: Here's to the army and navy and the battles they have won. As to America's colors, the colors that never
1: run. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather.
0: Ah. a very American <laughs> patriotic moment. Uh, we get in the elevator. Everyone's smiling at each other. They're kind of happy. And then they start, then they start commenting. They're like live tweeting mm-hmm. how
2: good they feel. And he's like, I just feel like it's all going to work yeah. out. I feel <laughs> really great. had a really
1: positive feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets a look, like, right after that from one of the guys that just is like, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: this agreed. is, listen. <laughs> I I will not speak for our guest. John Rook and I have had this moment. Yeah, sure, there are sure, certain sure, moments sure. where maybe you have made certain <laughs> Been choices yeah. and you suddenly <laughs> are looking at your friends going, yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> like... Just that smile that everyone shared, like, "Oh yeah, I'm Uh yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm there." (laughs) And and the they 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 get to the end, and they come out in the wedding. They Mm -hmm. keeps talking about the ultimate evil spirit.
1: Yeah, what is that? Like his demon.
0: Is it the hairy demon? Is that the ultimate evil spirit? Is it the, the the god that they have to appease? Is Lopan the ultimate evil like what is he he says we're about to see the ultimate evil spirit. They say it multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I never I, know what the hell he's talking about. I think
1: about. it is the demon that and I can't remember the name of the demon, but it's the demon that Ching
0: Dai or something like
1: Dai, that. Ching Dai, yeah. Has that Lopan has to Okay be mm-hmm. satisfied. It's his demon. it's like his spirit animal.
0: Mm. Uh Lopan pulls out the needle of love. Ooh, send us some Kinky shit. Yeah. Man. That sounds like a bon Jovi song. <laughs> <laughs> Um and he's poking them, and as he's yeah. poking them, he starts to bleed. And then uh, the guardian with all the eyeballs sees them and Wang sword right into the guardian. <laughs> well, cause they were cause they want to shoot
2: Lopan. Uh, multiple times, and uh, Egg keeps stopping them, so, going. You have to yeah, wait till wait the ceremony is them. over. Yeah, it's human, yeah. like, right? Flesh, and they don't want to make any noise. <laughs> they yeah. don't want to. do it. And then all of a sudden, uh, Wang kills that that uh, that floating piece of hell. And
0: here come the bad guys, and all of our heroes scream, <laughs> and Jack screams, and Jack <laughs> fires his Uzi up into the ceiling, <laughs> and a rock comes down and knocks him out.
1: That's oh, so man. great.
0: This is the moment of the movie to me. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, is I really bet. sums up his character.
1: Yeah, it's, here's the final <laughs> battle. He's not even gonna take yeah. part in. <laughs> um, he is, he is, fla- he is yeah. out, out, yeah. flat. He is knocked out. Yeah, he is out
0: asleep. Big fight scene. Gracie punches uh, someone. Egg throws these bombs. All the guys are fighting. Um, Wang does this great run over the arc, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, which is yeah. awesome. That's a great little moment. Um, the girls are wrestling with Lopan, who seems to be pretty solid at this point. Mm-hmm. Jack kind of comes back to consciousness, pulls out his gun, sees Lopan, is about to shoot him. Thunder grabs the gun and it punches it and it just explodes. Wang goes and distracts Thunder, does some nice evasions and stuff. Jack goes to draw his knife and he gets attacked by the giant armored demon guard, whatever it is. And I love he just falls backward, knife comes up through the bottom of the boot, (laughs) stabs the guy who then collapses on top of him, and now... Jack can't move. He's
1: just stuck. <laughs> I can't seem to push him off. Man, I'm just, I love but that. that's something with. Because with, the knife in the boot is something in so many different moves. Oh, But yeah. it's like, it's always going to get stuck. It's a knife in a boot. <laughs> like, it's going into something. Like, I've always wanted to see that in so every don't, movie that's I've do That's seen why you this. don't
0: keep a knife in your boot? No,
1: not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not ever since that incident. Not since I, that one in time. In 2011. Was it was, yeah.
0: Don't want to talk about it.
1: I was well,
2: stuck all night with that thing before the the person. Be.
1: Yeah. And
0: he's stuck there for a long time. Long right. time. Really We're gonna cut away to a lot of stuff.
2: But what's <laughs> great about it is the position he's stuck into, Steve, is brilliant because it's a baby position, yeah. a fetal yeah.
0: position. And it's brilliant. Just the just the subconscious nature of the position that he's in is just mm-hmm. brilliant. Um in the meantime, Wang is now going toe-to-toe in a flying sword fight <laughs> with Rain. <laughs> This crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit is going on. It's like crouching hamster, hidden squirrel. As far as I'm (laughs) concerned, this is the weakest in the movie for me. I I hate this fight scene. I think it's terrible.
1: It's it's so much more random. Like the first one is so toe to toe. You know, gun Mm -hmm. to guns drawn. It's so it's so western. This one is like very random. Well, and little things. They're not
0: doing anything cool. They're flying through the air and they're just sword fighting left, right, left, right, left, right. There's no style to it, there's no, you're looking at me like I'm crazy
1: yeah, Well, you, yeah, both of you but are you never fucking see crazy them co- like connect, you never see them fighting each other really through the air you just see their individual shots no,
0: no you, you see, see them like bit? they're yeah. hitting sword yeah. against sword
1: have you seen this movie? I don't know anymore <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: listen, they, <laughs> they flying through the air like doing the thing, that's pretty cool can you do that? it's pretty I cool I can't
0: do that Um. Uh, I think that if when I was 25, yeah I could have done that
2: you could have flown through yeah, the air. Well, could jump feet. up for twenty feet. Well, they're flying through the they're air. They're jumping
0: off a trampoline. Well, no, I know, but I mean, in the movie, in the illusion of the movie, I, I, they're I'm flying, just they're flying saying flying through the yeah, air like that, fighting. Well, and this is fighting.
2: the thing about in. And he's, he's one of the three thunders, which means he's it. He's a pretty like well, he's but a This more, is exactly the powerful. point:
0: is that in it, when you do a martial arts film or a fight scene film, mm-hmm. and you establish characters that we have tension about wanting to see them fight Mm -hmm. and you build up to a fight, the fight should deliver. And this is one of the ones where I go like the best fight scene is the first one in the movie. That is where the best martial arts happen. And now we're in our final climax Mm -hmm. where we should be getting the best stuff. And we're actually not. Um, And that fight scene is like, and it's funny that Carpenter and and Kurt Russell, the, I think what they did, the commentary track was probably shortly after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out Mm -hmm. because they were talking about that movie and said, oh, my God, that's amazing. We couldn't do anything remotely like that. And I'm not expecting it to be. But I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is an amazing example of wire work and Mm -hmm. frequently wire work. I don't like it so much for these reasons, which is like what they're doing isn't that cool. They're what they're other than flying. It's like they're Mm -hmm. flying, but the sword work isn't terribly interesting, and it doesn't have. There's no beat work to it. There's no builds. There's no reversals. There's no. There's none of the things I want to see in a good fight scene.
2: And that's fair, fair, but that's the same thing that with Matt, when I talk about when top ten Matt knows, like he can. Talking about comedy, Mm -hmm. yeah, comedy. When he sees, like he can see the bones and all, and which is why he doesn't like a lot of comedies because he can see all the jokes coming because he's so professional. I'm sure you're, uh, Catherine. You you have the same uh, uh, experience sometimes when you see certain comedic movies. So I I respect that. I respect right. how you feel, Steve. completely. for me,
0: the layman, but if you liked it, it's fantastic. fantastic. If you liked it, you right. liked it. That's yeah, that's what exactly. that's all that really matters. I don't yeah. Um and while that fight's going on, we're now getting the wizard battle yeah. between Egg Shen and Lo Pan I so.
1: love that moment. That's it's cool. Like Rock'em sock 'em robots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. And even the way Lo Pan is using you know, his dude is a, is, thing, a, is a is a play
2: control. It's like Totally. A I never thought about he's it. Totally it doing looks like he's got a controller. I, I thought he was playing yeah. Nintendo. It's except it's eighty six. It so my god. Like, oh, it's so ahead it of its time. Like a, it really is. <laughs> And I love
0: the colors. Of, yeah. Like It was very, rem- yeah. like, it reminded me of Harry yeah, Potter it's, when, it's when Voldemort Remember and Potter Harry had Potter. that last. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I love, too, that, like, apparently, you know, there's sort of, you never could beat me, Egg Shen. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't
0: know mm-hmm. how old Egg Shen is. It, 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 and they battled maybe so many yeah. times yeah. through this whole and thing. And maybe
1: it turns out, well, because then, then you have these mystical creatures appearing. And yeah. if that is meant to be Lopan's Pan's demon, then maybe we're led to believe that that is... Some other good sort of creature.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Jack finally rolls this guy (laughs) off of him. (laughs) and gets free after all of this other stuff goes on. Um, Al Al Leon gets killed. I'll take a moment for him. Um, R.I.P. And then Wang throws his sword and kills Rain. That's Mm -hmm. the end of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Lopan and the women go up through the skull. Lightning destroys the skull with a lightning bolt. Lightning escapes. Um Jack gets to Gracie, they get attacked by the crazy hairy monster which apparently has testicles in the same place as a human because Gracie <laughs> kicks him in the nuts. As you do.
3: <laughs>
2: my one of my favorite quick moments in that sequence is as the elevator door is closing, you'll see Jack trying yeah. like as if as if in any way he's going to hit that <laughs> creature yeah like way past the door, but he does the movement yeah. anyway as the doors are closing. So,
0: completely useless. <laughs> so funny. like Most of everything he does in, the, in these fights. Like they get in the elevator. This scene is hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. It's so great. <laughs> so the, he goes, I have a knife. He's like, a knife. He's seven feet tall. What do you, you need? a gun. And he goes, Hey, don't worry. I can handle him. I took something. I can see things no one else can see. <laughs> and only then does he go, Why are you dressed like that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Without Mr. B. She's like, because I was getting yeah. married. It was, so it was so sweet, the back and forth. <laughs> you know the kiss is coming. You the know
1: kiss the kiss is coming. But that's right? a really good one. It's a good <laughs> one. And
0: then and she goes, Oh God, is this really happening? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What a great and, line. And then the door opens and Jack comes out of the elevator. And this again is that he's got the lipstick on. It's oh, so great. great because we're making fun of this yes. kind of a movie. Is this
1: those things of like yes of course that is what happens when you wear red lipstick and yeah. kiss someone
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and now Lopan is fully flesh and he's going to have to kill mao yin and thunder is there so he goes you know thunder kill him for me to, to to jack and now jack gets to make a little speech yeah. because yeah. that's what john wayne would do in this moment
1: will <laughs> solve anything dave Too many people around here been dropping like flies already, and where's that getting us, huh? Nowhere, fast. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this?
0: Who? Jack Burton, me. And then Wang comes in. Entering at the perfect heroic moment, Thunder chases Wang, Jack throws the knife, and he misses. Not by a little. (laughs) he seemed like he was about seven feet away from hitting them um lopan picks up the knife it's a good knife goodbye mr putton throws the knife jack catches the knife throws it back right into lopan's head
1: oh man (laughs)
0: <laughs> and this is heroic this is true yeah, like finally. he finally has done something right. that is like the second time in the movie is actually a heroic move all the big statues that are around kind of domino mm-hmm. as they collapse um and what does jack say
1: it's all on the reflexes
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then wang is running away from thunder and again this is the same thing i feel like there was a should have been an action sequence here that we didn't really get he's doing like backflips to escape thunder sees lopan and goes fairly crazy
1: (laughs) yeah he dies (laughs) of sadness
0: in a let's say a big way
1: a big way he he
0: starts to expand his Uh. his buttons all pop we cut to our people (laughs) watching him we cut back to him with his giant head and steam coming out and until he finally explodes yeah this is really dumb.
1: He dies of sadness. Every time I see it, that's all I can think. He's like my master is dead. I have no reason to live. I'll just explode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Wang
2: say? He's only going to get bigger. Yeah. He's not going <laughs> to stop,
0: I think. Yeah, I think stop, so.
1: Right? Oh.
0: Uh, and finally our last storm shows up, which is Lightning. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of the scariest of the 3, I think. Yeah. Sure. He has lightning powers.
2: The problem is he takes 40 minutes to finally hit you with a bolt yeah. of lightning. And that's the
0: only that's the only well, issue. He's with got him. lightning going in every single direction. Yeah. Is the yeah. ceiling is on fire. like this? And <laughs> and how is he coming towards our bad guys? I mean our good guys. He's walking nice and slowly. Yes. Yes, he is. Very, very slowly. Everybody can get him. away. Yeah. Um, they climb up some hole. There's a I do love the burning ceiling that, that is collapsing behind lightning. It looks mm-hmm. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, they and there's and then there's these other holes and there's Egg Shen and the guys up there. How'd you get up there? Wasn't easy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they
0: have some, they have some line. They shoot the line down. We go up again. Lightning is coming very, very slowly. <laughs> um, he is slowly rising up through this hole, and they drop a statue of him,
1: <laughs>
0: and that's it yeah. for lightning. <laughs>
1: I love that in the beginning of the movie he punches him twice and nothing happens, but by the end of it, it's just like
0: eh. yeah well he, well, he took something
1: oh, that's right yeah that's right
3: <laughs>
2: um, which would explain why Jack could jump 10 feet through right. the hole um when everyone else is getting yeah. helped through the hole he just jumps through the hole um
0: uh, alarms are going off they're running through security mm-hmm. after them they find the truck, they uh, get in the truck and <laughs> and I love like where's the key? Well don't you have a spare key? right. Yeah, finds a spare key no 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 he goes do you have this
2: because she goes don't you have a spare key he goes no yeah but it's an oh yeah. that's right so, yeah. and then he yep. grabs it out right yeah. yeah
0: and then there's this moment right before he drives and he says that, it's, you know, that, that this is going to be 6.9 on the Richter scale hang on and then he puts it in reverse <laughs> that's right which seems to work so, fine she says what is this 6.9 on the Richter scale <laughs> they get out it's just they brilliant. drive away this is brilliant and fire and police apparently just drive right by them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then they stop at a red light, and we made it.
2: Yeah.
0: Isn't it weird? It's just like it's
2: weird. This back and forth. Cause she goes, "It's a red light," and then they have this thing, and there's it's green. You can go yeah. now. And you're just like, I none of this makes any she sense. Just,
1: to like me leans herself on the dashboard, <gasps> yeah, yeah. and is just looking at him with all this, and you know, it's weird romantic moment. <laughs> but, but
2: Wang and now uh, Yin. Mao Yin are between yeah. them. Right? Make it out. That's another uh, reinforcing yeah. of the fact that it's not a hero. He's not the right. hero. Yeah. Because they get the kiss yeah. moment,
0: not yep. uh Cattrall and uh, Burton. Um we're having a celebration. Jack talks to Egg and uh who's going off on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> well, well deserved. deserved. Eddie and Margot are flirting. Um yeah. Yeah, she asks him. Um very yeah, progressive. Yeah, it is. does, yeah. Um Wang pays him off. Nothing or triple.
1: Nothing or double. Triple. You earned it. You're right.
0: I did. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a little flirty moment with um, uh, Gracie Law where he sort of says, you know, maybe we should settle down. And she says you get a bigger truck for two. And then he goes, "Ah, sooner or later, I brought everyone the wrong way. Let me think about it. And, and by the way, Kim Cattrall looks beautiful in oh, this particular yeah. shot. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous. gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. She's gorgeous
1: through the whole film. She is. Even she Even when is. they're absolutely. like in the tunnels and yeah. But this
0: shot ice. in particular is just a really beautiful yeah. shot. Great. And she and and Margot says, "Well, aren't you going to kiss her?" And there's long pause, and he goes, <laughs> no. <laughs> and here's what I was thinking about this a lot again because we're we're putting. This hero story on its head right. is that in the classic hero story, yeah, there's the there's the damsel in distress or there's the you know the the woman in it, the love interest. They're going to kiss in the danger moments, mm-hmm. which we've done, and then mm-hmm. we're just going to assume that this relationship is going to be great yeah. and they're going to live happily ever after. And that is sunset. probably fairly stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and this because that's not really how relationships are going to necessarily work well. <laughs> um, and in this one, they just go nope yeah <laughs> and he walks away and uh i love it and then we have our our little goodbye between our two heroes we really shook the pillars of heaven didn't we way no horseshit jack no horseshit i really wanted a sequel by the way i well, totally would have there, really
1: there is in the form of the comic books
0: oh there's comic books sure yeah Oh yeah, Come, I I will disagree. Comic books are not a sequel. Comic books are comic books. <laughs> I love comic books.
3: <laughs>
0: it was clearly being set up for a sequel. It, it seemed, seemed like it seemed I want to like, see these why? guys together again because he doesn't get that final no. kiss. Yeah. And they have well, that and then back and, and, forth. and then what he's the ending
1: in the truck. Right, right in right. the truck. Right,
0: right. And, and and we get again. He's back on his CB doing his podcast so as my wife would say and he said <laughs> you just listen to the old pork chop express and take his advice on a dark, dark and stormy, stormy night.
1: night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down in sheets thick as lead yeah jack burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says give me your best
0: shot pal i could take it and then what happens Monster Monsters in the room. back. <laughs> and credits. <laughs> right. Which, oh, by the way, oh. Carpenter loves to do that. He loves yeah. that little thing right at the end oh, to yeah. go so just a little bit. This is not over. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. He loves that. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. It's, it's Escape from New York. Thing. They live. Yeah. The thing. Yep. The, yep. He loves it.
1: Leave it open-ended for everyone to decide what happens next. Yeah.
0: So uh, the movie's getting ready to come out. They, te- they did tests. It tests through the roof. Everyone yeah. loves it. What they said is that they're going to, like the press junkets and all the reporters are asking the question over and over them. then they're saying, how does it feel to know you're going to have the biggest movie of the year? Like everybody's saying yeah. to them.
1: Kurt Russell said that he had not been in a film before or since where that was what people had said to him.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be a kiss of death.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because apparently the studio put $3 million into marketing. Mm-hmm. For the movie, which is even then was nothing. Yeah.
3: And right.
0: the movie came out and it just bombed. Eleven million dollars. Yeah. And I
2: think Scott Pilgrim is the closest thing I've ever heard to something like this. Scott everyone came out of Scott Pilgrim, was like, this is gonna blow the yeah. doors off. It's well, gonna be two hundred million dollars, yeah. right? Nobody went to yeah. see it. And nobody went, but the people who kind of got yeah. the niche right. niche people they thought it was going to be more widespread or appeal to more people, and it did not. But
1: I think like,
2: but it's a that
1: movie. Yeah, like that movie and like this movie, mm-hmm. it lives on. It holds yeah. up over time. People will go back and rewatch those films.
2: And and we see that now with this. Yeah. Like, well, this it, is
0: yep. well, and this is a lot of John Carpenter's career because the thing didn't mm-hmm. do well in theaters. Right. You know, right. like you know that that his movies, people, you know, they live as the same thing. Where mm-hmm. in Prince of Darkness, they're all movies that people really wanted to watch in home video and like me watched it over and over and over right. again I love Prince of Darkness man that was one of
2: those ones that like not a lot of people talked about but you enjoy but the thing with this which and from what I read I think just a little bit that I did like he was really disillusioned to how the film oh, no, didn't this, come out and yeah. do yeah. well this is the one film that really broke him in terms of like what am I gotta do to succeed in this well, business well I
1: think it goes back to the tests the, it tested like yeah. in 90s 90 yeah. percentiles like it was yeah. tested great It resonated with just the people who came to see it, (laughs) you
0: know? Well, and people that to this day, as we've seen even on our Patreon, that continue to love it. Yeah. You know? And it it has to do, I mean, it just shows that we can't predict what audiences are, how they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. Marketing has a huge thing, a lot to do with how a movie is dealt with. Like we talked about with The Princess Bride, that's another movie that yeah. didn't do well in the theaters. Yeah, was marketed really poorly, and the, but people will, you know, there's sometimes if you build it, they will come, and this yeah. is certainly a case because over the years, this became a favorite.
1: Well, and even right now with the Oscar coming up, in the room, right. the room is a movie that that yeah. really didn't do well. That really wasn't meant to. That was an independent film. But hundreds of thousands of millions of people have seen this film yeah. and go whenever it's showing.
0: I'm going to say that's a different thing, though. It's
1: a different thing. Because
0: people are not going to that because they go, this is the greatest movie ever made. No. They're no. going to that for the opposite reason. It's but
2: silly. the guy who made
0: it thought he had made yeah. it for film.
2: But I agree that it's not necessarily 100% correlative, but it is that idea of you just never know what's going to hit, what's not right. going to hit, or what's going to sell your yeah. movie. Because the idea that that film was so bad that people went, it was bad in a, such a unique way that it caught the attention of so many Bolt people. Will live. Whereas this, whereas this is uh, so good that it had to find its audience and it lived on and has been passed on generation. So much so that people, people funkos of these yeah. things that are still coming out. People <laughs> have conventions. Your, your, it's it's showing in at it's the, showing Arclight the ArcLight on the twenty And it's showing
1: at the Vista. At the Vista in yeah. the same weekend. It's still, and I have tickets a, to yeah. both. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and, and yeah, and it's it's and it's interesting because, like, when we talked about Armageddon, is that the reasons that we love movies are different. You know, it's like it's yeah. not necessary. And the same is true with The Room, although I have issues in that area. Yeah. But like, who are we going to judge why somebody loves what they love? Right. Right. Um, so, John, do you have final thoughts on Big Trouble, Little China? I really,
2: I really feel I should cede this to both of you, but my final thoughts are this. If you love Kurt Russell, this is an enjoyable film to enjoy and go and see if you've never seen it or if you've only seen it once, revisit it again. Kurt Russell in his heyday is a treasure, is a joy. Cattrall is fantastic. And what Steve points out at the beginning of this whole uh, conversation about this film, the idea of turning the sidekick into the lead and the lead into the sidekick what would be, it turns it all on its head and it really works and it's enjoyable it's funny and it's a nice time to spend right. watching an hour and 40 minute movie about something that doesn't take itself seriously yet has a blast uh, paying homage to these westerns and tough type of movies that you right. see before so that's what I, that's all I could say you two can take it from here I don't. How, about, how about you <laughs> you guys love the film so much
1: I love I'm, I think I'll always love this this film for it's i mean the, co- the comedic timing in this movie is incredible yeah and it comes from so much dialogue but the di- the way that the, the dialogue is delivered throughout the film it, it's it's great i you know i i feel like i love it i don't know what else to say other than i just love there's something inside of you that resonates with something like this
0: yeah absolutely yeah here's the thing i've been thinking about is that you know we've been doing this podcast for a long time and the You know, we talk about this idea of being a cinephile, being a lover of film as if Mm -hmm. if it's about your personal relationship to this movie. Mm -hmm. It's that you and the screen. And I think that's definitely true. But movies don't exist in a vacuum where you're alone. In fact, a lot of times the significance of a movie to you is actually because that movie acts as a linkage between you and somebody else. Mm -hmm. Is that movies and movies are evocative of not only a time and place that the movie took place in, but a time and place in your life. And this is what this movie is really for me, Mm -hmm. which is that this is a movie about my friends when I was in college. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what this movie is about. It's about, it's not just me and the film. Mm -hmm. It's me and my friend, Jeff and my friend, Steve and my friend, Pete and my friend, Brian and all of, and when I met Karen, who became my wife and all of these people who gathered together and threw these quotes back and forth and the movie became a shared language about our friendship Mm -hmm. you know it's more than just what big trouble in china is and that's why the movie is more special to me than the than just the film itself it's special to me because of my history and who i am and i think that's true for all of us in all sorts of movies that we love and we continue to go back to that movies can go beyond the film they are about your relationships they're about your history and they're about how you became who you are Mm -hmm. so that's what we think about Big Trouble in Little China. Of course, we always want to hear what you think. Um, as You can reach us on our Facebook page at The Cinephiles. You can subscribe to us, all sorts of places. You've heard me list the list many times. But if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, we love reading your comments there. It's a lot of fun. This was a Patreon pick. And if you want yep. to have your movie picked, you can become a supporter of The Cinephiles on Patreon, patreon.com. If you're kind of curious after hearing us talk all this time, <laughs> what's this big trouble little china movie really like well visit us on our website cinephiles.net and you can buy the movie and every other movie we've ever done right there as always you can reach me at sr morris john where can you reach you uh you guys can always reach me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and
2: Catherine, thank you so much for taking Bye. the time to come be a guest uh where, where can people find you uh,
0: on the show show me if they want at to follow pumps
1: you. comedies probably the easiest way to find me yeah for, Comedy. for shows and now yeah, music videos and all sorts
0: of stuff. <laughs> well we had so much so much fun talking to you about Thank this you. film it's so great to hear someone who came to the film at a different time in your love of this film it is you know because that's maybe the other thing is we get to connect <laughs> with people from different places who love the same thing so that's yeah. great yeah. it was really great having you on the cinephiles for and i think you. and i think that's it for this week all right. and we will see you next time on the cinephiles